0: Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 53 of the Whatever he Show. This week we've got all kinds of exciting stuff like WWE's Backlash uh, pay-per-view results. We've got beer. Um, I know, that's shocking.
1: Um, Wait, neither one of us actually have kind of for days, so...
0: Yeah. We've got some pretty big news uh, for Wolverine 3. We've got some... Uh, Quasi follow up, I'd say a little bit. Uh, Kevin Conrad and Hamill talking about Hush and Death in the Family being a yeah. possible movie. Yeah. Um, Joan Hex will be back in Legends. We've got some other stuff. We got Darkwing Duck. How often do you get to say that in the show? Uh, we let's got get dangerous. Yeah, we've got Darkwing Duck news, and uh, finally we've got our-, our slew of DC comic books this week because uh, it's it's another week, and that means DC has put out another you know like fifty three books that we have to read. Yeah, like the new fifty
1: two every week yeah
0: it is the whole thing um we'd like to uh thank our our sponsor for this episode uh this week is brought to you by um presumably all of the makers of iphone uh adapters you know in case you want to listen and charge your phone at the same time Yeah. yeah yeah all right so let's get to the show
1: Alright man. Um, so we're gonna start off with some backlash I think,
0: right? Yeah, actually I do wanna I do wanna rant a little bit about the iPhone thing.
1: Oh do you wanna rant first? Yeah okay. We can rant.
0: So uh pretty much everybody that has listened to the show for any length of time knows that i primarily use an iphone i've been doing so since the original iphone um and every time a new iphone comes out it's pretty much like oh yeah i I need that like i have to get the new one uh i I don't i only upgrade every two years because i do not sit on a throne of of you know gold and and uh wipe myself with uh hundred dollar bills or anything Mm -hmm. like that or your old iphones yeah or old iphones but uh I do normally want it, like, every single time. And this one, I actually went so far as to go looking, like, seriously into, like, how much of a pain in the ass would it be for me to switch to Android. Um, I haven't decided yet. I think for now, the foreseeable future, I'll probably just hang on to my iPhone 6 as long as I possibly can. And, of course, the um, source of all this headache is they dropped the headphone jack.
1: You know what's funny? Um, this makes me laugh. Out of like all, the things, pouring all the things beer on myself that Apple that awesome. has ever done... Like, this is the one thing that I don't give two shits about. Yeah, are you... Do you already use Bluetooth a lot? I've been... What year was Jada born? 2005? Yeah. I've had a pair of Bluetooth headphones since 2006 at the latest. See, so this is like, one of I the I things... I have that, that, that original pair that still fucking works.
0: Yeah. Like, this is one of those things that I probably shouldn't be that mad about, because you would think, like, at my level of nerdery, I would be firmly into the Bluetooth lifestyle by now. But I'm just not at all. Like, um... I not only don't really like Bluetooth headphones that much, but I realized that um, one of the key ways that I use my iPhone almost every day, like every uh, day when I get up in the morning, I unplug my iPhone from a aux, aux cord going into my old, old uh, stereo speaker thingies uh, because I listen to um, music while we sleep. And then I go out and I get in the car and I plug it into an aux cord uh, so I can listen to podcasts in the car. And then I get out of the car and I pull, pull out my shitty little uh, Bluetooth head- headset uh, or not Bluetooth, but my shitty little, you know, white earphones, uh iPhone earpods. What are the whatever the fuck they're called? Earbuds. Yeah, this the same shitty ones that come with every. They're, they're iPhone. only
1: pods when you get the new iPhone. Yeah. And they they you paid under uh, what hundred sixty? No, bucks? I
0: think I think they're whatever the the regular old white ones are called earpods now. Are they? They were. I think they are, but anyway, i um yeah. that changed at some point because for a long time they just you know called them headphones. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I plug those in, and I listen to that and I, you know, unplug and replug those things in all day and night and that's one of the reasons why I use them is because I don't care if they break. Like uh they they just go in my pocket. It's one of the like three things that I put in my pocket without fail every single day. Um you know, the other day I was at work so I had to listen to a webcast or a conference call or something like that. So I take those out of my pocket, and I just plug them into whatever machine I'm in front of and then repeat that process, you know, 35 times. Um get home, set my iPhone on my desk. I have a, you know, my crappy little baby mixer, you know, this this guy's little, you know, tiny child. Uh, I plug that... I have that mixer plugged in so I can keep listening to podcasts and have my um, computer going through my headphones at the same time. So I plug in an aux cord to that and then, um, you know, repeat the whole process. Go to bed, plug it into the thing, listen there. You... I know. You're tied I,
1: down by cords, dude.
0: I am. Um, see, like, the thing is, for most of those use cases, it doesn't really matter. Like, if I get into the, like, the other the other thing that I use my thing for all the time is um, I plug in my phone to charge and do um, navigation in the car all the time. Like, that's my other main use case that is not really solved for me by anything that they announced. Like, I, I guess I could go buy adapters for everything, which, um, you know, whatever. Uh, just, it seems silly to me uh, that they dropped that port because I, I don't think I'm the only person that uses their phone this
2: way.
1: Here's here's the thing. Um I use Bluetooth around the house anyway. Mm-hmm. Like I bought these specifically because I like to mow the lawn with headphones. Yeah. And I cannot worry about pulling my headphones out every time I have to try and start the mower or anything else. Um I've been using like I said I've been using Bluetooth headphones for a long ass time. Yeah. Um and I'm just used to it at this point. There are quality issues sometimes, although not as much lately, especially, like, these are Gen 4. Yeah. Bluetooth, and they're pretty fucking amazing. Okay. Uh... I don't know, man. I just don't care. Like this whole thing doesn't, it like it doesn't see, affect me nearly as this much. This is
0: the, this is the funniest shit ever because like Matt Matt is sitting over here with his Android phone has had Android phones for as long as I've ever known him. And I was this is one of the questions I asked because you we had talked about this a little bit before, and you said you're thinking pretty heavily. Your your wife just went iPhone. Yeah. Uh, you were thinking pretty heavily about uh, getting an iPhone. I think for your next your next phone too. And I was going to ask you. So does this like totally turn you off from it? And so it's it's kind of funny that you're just like, nah, what the fuck ever. Yeah, and I I'm care. the one over here pissed off, and I'm like, hey, maybe that android thing isn't so bad yeah i don't care at all (laughs) yeah but uh as somebody pointed out on facebook today when i when i was uh i don't know somebody everybody knows i like the iphone so I, i of course automatically like i work for the fucking company um people are posting on my page like talking about how shitty it is um (laughs) but anyway they they kind of nailed it like i have so much money spent on apps and stuff like that and the other thing that i really use that i don't i don't want to give up at all and i know i could solve this by just going and buying a chromecast but i have an apple tv at home too and i love to just be able to airplay shit to it like that's one of the reasons i don't care and don't use bluetooth because if i'm ever if i ever want to hear something that loud that's not at my bedside table i just airplay it to my tv and my house is such that i can hear that pretty much anywhere i'm at so
1: yeah here's the crazy thing um I've actually been considering going Apple TV for upstairs because right now I use my PS3 mm-hmm. and I don't have any LAN connections upstairs, so everything's Wi Fi. Yeah, and for whatever odd reason, even though uh, the five gigahertz band has been in use forever for a while now, neither the PlayStation Three nor the Four actually support. That
0: was actually one of the biggest shocks to me. I was trying to figure out, um, the,
1: uh, the, first off, the PS3
0: not having having five gig and or at, is it even wireless N? I don't know. I think it's the probably four might be N. I know but. the four is N because I looked that shit up. But it wouldn't surprise me if the PS3 is not even wireless N. Um, it, you know, if it's if it's it wouldn't surprise me too much if it's either you know draft N or um, even G, because um, that yeah. that is a very old machine. Like the Xbox 360 adapters up until the
1: last roundum of of them, I think were wireless G. I think I've got the first slim edition. It's not the one that you have to actually like physically slide the door open to put the disk in. Yeah. But it's it, I mean it's it's close. Um
0: Well, I've actually been pleasantly surprised like I did go through the trouble of like actually getting a wire downstairs to my house because all my networking shit is upstairs and uh that I did not care enough to actually plug in uh my what my um Apple TV. I did not care enough to actually plug into a wire uh, because wireless AC in my house just works great. Like yeah. it, it streams just fine. I watch 1080, 1080 video off my server all the time, and it streams pretty much flawlessly on the Apple TV. So
1: both that computer and that computer running wireless AC. My laptop is AC, mm-hmm. so I I don't. I don't, I don't think. think if you get if if that's why you
0: want it, I don't think you'll be disappointed in that at all.
1: The yeah, well that's yeah. I I can't stream. Like if it's if I have something that's in Plex that's at a high enough bitrate, like I can't stream it without it pausing sometimes. Like mm-hmm. it's fine on like some ten eighty MP4s, um, especially like stuff that um was compressed yeah. over a period of three weeks. <laughs> yeah. So they could get the smallest file size possible. That's fine. Um But uh yeah, some some shows I have that are like an hour long show, and just because they're ten eighty, like I can't watch it without buffering and shit like that. And it's nuts. So um, I wanted the Apple TV. The reason I wanted to get it is because they actually invested so much in in the Wi-Fi that they were just like, well, it has wireless AC. So the LAN port, it's just going to be 10100.
0: Yeah, that, that was actually kind of baffling for me because one of the things that I, I don't think is abnormal still, um, first off, a lot of people, I think increasingly a lot of people are using wireless AC, but usually that like Apple customer tends to be the, the pro slightly above, you know, the, the income median. Um and uh, so a lot of the times they want to go with the really pro stuff and wireless AC is really really good but still if if it's easy and convenient Giggy you know is kind of the way you want to go just hook up a Giggy land cable and then never worry about that shit again but yeah no I like I said though I guess you know wireless I think Wi Fi is kind of getting to the point where it's not any longer necessary like if you're on AC or better and you've got decent coverage yeah. throughout your house I'm not sure it's necessary for you to do
1: wired anymore I, I read a report where they actually did a test. And the the wireless was faster than having it plugged in. Yeah. The only that.
0: thing I'm curious about um is you know, that's that's fine now for like ten eighty stuff, but I'm wondering, you know, like we're we're going to a four K future soon. So I'm wondering how well AC holds up with that kind of shit. But you know, by then I'm sure once AC, you know, profligates enough, uh we'll we'll go to a, a space where we need something else instead so yeah anyway i i mean i'm not gonna lie probably what's gonna happen is in like three days i'm gonna cave and and go you know start lusting over the iphone 7 because there is some really cool shit in there like the uh the apple always does their own system on a chip which is actually kind of one of the legs up over android android's mainly supplied by qualcomm and um and i think nvidia did the Tegra chip for a while um that yeah. supplied a lot of phones but i think qualcomm's kind of the main the snapdragon yep and there's another one exynos
1: yeah, the Zenos, Zenos yeah. processors. Um, there's some IBM processors out there too. That yeah. Um, but anyway, that or the Intel processor. I mean, and there's there's a couple things that run Android that are Intel based, but they're not good.
0: Yeah, and what what I've heard though is that Apple's system on a chip is fucking good, and I think they just kind of got even way better this this generation. Um, they have this they have a quad core design, but what's really interesting to me is they're using two of the cores uh, as sort of like low power, low intensity activity cores. And then using the other two cores for the higher stuff. I'm sure that they're probably going to mix in some way. Like, when you want to use the full bore of the phone, like, it'll max out all four cores. Um, But I think what they're doing is using those two lower power cores to do all the background shit that you, you don't really care about or see that you're not really waiting on the phone for so that at least is kind of interesting and then the camera thing i think that the camera here um, i'm waiting to see some you know shot comparisons with the other you know latest and greatest phones but they've done some interesting stuff with the camera too so we uh, at least on the big one the big one's now got a dual dual camera setup so you can get all kinds of like bokeh effects which is previously been really hard to do i mean it's somewhat simulated bokeh but it's previously been really hard to get, even get that much out of a phone camera so
1: yeah honestly i mean if i go iphone i'm gonna get a plus anyway and i'm not actually due for another year that's the only reason to pay that, off of mine my current phone that i'm using right now
0: that's the only reason that i really want to upgrade like right now because i've been lusting after the plus since i think sometime last year probably around the time you got your phone my huge phone yeah i was like uh, well you know actually this is <laughs> nice i want the big phone
1: yeah um by the time I'm ready for one, it'll be the 7S Plus, theoretically.
0: Well, then this is actually kind of going to be a benefit in your favor because the the rumors are all pointing towards the fact next year is actually going to be the 10th anniversary of the iPhone. Um, so I don't know if they're so going to call Maybe
1: it, I get a bag of swag when I buy my iPhone. Well, um, the the the,
0: presu- the presumption right now is the iPhone 7 in a lot of respects is a little bit more like an S update than, than um, previous generations have been. Usually with each of their odd numbers, for example, they break the design and they come out with something entirely different. Um, and there's a lot of other things that, you know, they would do. Um, you, usually, I mean, they all get a spec bump, but there's not really anything, I think particularly defining like it is essentially the 6s just better like it's got all the same feature set it's just better chip better silicon in inside of the thing oh and i guess it comes in piano black which also is really sexy i really do i'm, want the I'm pretty black. excited about piano black yeah yeah but um I mean, space gray is fine but yeah well and and the fact that space gray is actually like black they've actually got black again so there's there's two blacks this year i'm not even sure they have a gray one but anyway um The rumor is that next year with the iPhone 8, which presumably if they're going to go with a special anniversary edition thing, maybe they're going to skip to 10 like Windows did, call it the iPhone 10, (laughs) um, that they're going to do like a big upgrade. So like uh, not only will it probably have a a new exterior design, but um, there will presumably be other features and handy shit in there too. Um, There's been lots. I mean, just every rumor you can throw at the dartboard um, has been up for that, but it seems that's the other reason why I, like I'm kind of like, well, can I make it another year with my six because I'm going to want that phone and then I'm going to be stuck for another year.
1: This is this is what's beautiful about my upgrade schedule. I do it in October all the time. Mm-hmm. So this phone will be paid off in October. Presumably, the next iPhone will be out in October because it'll they'll do pre orders in September like they always do. It
0: usually comes out in September like they usually and announce the beginning of September and it ships um, middle September.
1: That's that's what I'm hoping is that by the time I'm ready to go like mid October, the rush is over, and mm-hmm. I just get my phone.
0: That was also that was also another one of the rumors. Why didn't they, why why are they dropping the head headphone jack now? Uh, one of the rumors is because they really want to drop the headphone jack with the next phone, and they don't want to have that stigma behind that phone because
1: they think that's going to be a big deal for them. Which makes sense. Yeah. Here's here's my only my only parting shot in Apple's direction mm-hmm. when it comes to. Obviously, partly this was a marketing ploy because they want to sell you the hundred and sixty dollars AirPods. See, that's what's crazy to me too.
0: Like, it, usually when they drop shit like this, um, you know, like one of the famous examples is they dropped the I think it's called the ADB port, which is like the Apple proprietary keyboard port, and a couple of other things, you know, like parallel and all that right. shit, in favor of going to USB. And there's a lot of whining, just like with uh, they dropped the 30 pin connector that used to come on the old iPods and iPhones and went to lightning. Which there was is... a lot of whining about that because people have to get new shit. But the end of the day, those are fantastically better standards. They replace all of the features of their predecessors and are just better on top of that. Lightning is essentially mini Thunderbolt. Like, why would you complain about? That? Well, not exactly. Because, I mean, it tops out. It, it, first off, it, it, it does a lot of the things that you could do with um, the 30-pin, uh, but there's a lot of practical features for customers, too. Like It's reversible, for one. Mm-hmm. It's much more robust, for two. Um, and it is a little faster, and they can you know, do different things. You can get different accessories that you couldn't get with a 30-pin before. That's so what I'm saying. The transfer rate, too, when you're actually connected to a PC is faster because of it. So Only slightly, because I think that's still stuck at like USB 2. In fact, that's one of the big criticisms they got with this update. I think so. That's one of the big criticisms they got here is because the other thing that they could have done with this was drop lightning. And this, I honestly, you know, like in the keynote, I'm sure you've seen all the jokes about, you know, they had the courage. And like what would have actually been kind of courageous is if they dropped lightning this soon and went with USB-C, which does all the shit I just said that lightning does, but is also faster. It is also, you know, a much faster spec. And it would be. What happened to Firewire? firewire has been
1: dead for um, apple firewire outside of like uh because that was apple's answer to usb for like the longest time
0: i'm not even sure this is true anymore but if you go back three or four years firewire still existed in very limited use cases like if you were going to do a lot of pro video editing or anything like that or if you were going to do a lot of pro musician stuff you would go with firewire the main reason i believe being that fire usb is a lot more like bursty um yeah. and firewire is not uh i think firewire kind of peaked out like i think now usb 3 at least has exceeded pretty much most of the capabilities of firewire so
1: that was the beauty part about firewires because it was a constant transfer rate yeah it did video way better yep yep way better
0: yeah so i think that's dropped out now the the because um first off the hardware has gotten more powerful so um i think anything related to the like um different speeds you would get through something like USB 3. Um you can correct for in software. You know, the CPU can catch up and figure that shit out now. Um
1: well, you got 3.1 that's actually legitimately twice as fast as USB 3. Yeah. And I believe you have you, be, you little uh, USB-C is operating on
0: 3.1. There's also lots of rumors coming out about USB-C pr- potentially with the next um Think it's waiting on Intel for something, but it could potentially replace a lot of shit. Like uh yeah. uh like Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt is already probably w- wasn't is, I think, one of the fastest uh things you could plug into your computer as far as a bus goes on the back of it. Um and it USB C I think exceeds that and the next jump is supposedly gonna be a big one. Um so anyway. Would have been a lot more brave if they decided to go with something like USB-C because, you know, then finally we could finally have the same charger everywhere for everything, and it'd be a lot easier as a manufacturer to make all those you know, um, accessories. The but
1: PC world had to jump through hoops, though, just to even get, like, Apple to sign off on one particular patent so they could use USB-C? Like, wasn't that... I don't
0: know I've heard a couple of different rumors about that like one of the rumors I heard it, the reason we have lightning is because the, uh, Apple could not push USB C fast enough through the standards body because they did adopt it on some of their other machines like the the MacBook um, the the twelve inch MacBook that came out uh, last year, I think, only has one USB C port. This is another thing where I was going to give Apple shit. Like, yeah, they dropped the headphone port, um, and they're like, oh, it's better, and we need the room for blah blah blah. But the end result is, for right now, a lot of people are going to have a lot of janky shit hanging off their iPhone, you know, adapters and what have you to get there. The same thing's true of the MacBook. Yeah, I know people are going to use Bluetooth, but um, there's a lot of people that just aren't. Like, there's a lot of people that just aren't going to
1: trade it all in dangling my floppy bluetooth wang right in front of him
0: <laughs> um that's a feature man bluetooth um the wife's upstairs but she's no nah, never mind um <laughs> should we talk about the show now i don't know i guess we can talk about the show <laughs> but uh we had a beer before
1: we even get halfway through the show
0: yeah anyway usbc um i wish they would have gone with USB C. that would have made a lot more sense but then you'd have even more people pissed off because they dropped lightning
1: but anyway yeah, yeah. let's talk about the actual show all right so we Mostly watch Backlash. Yeah. Um, I watched it live yesterday. Um, Eddie caught up on it today. We watched... Uh, I watched
0: a curated selection of matches yeah. uh, this afternoon, which is, you know, the fancy way of saying Matt was like, here, watch this shit so we can talk about it on the show.
1: Yeah. We skipped through some stuff. Yeah. But um,
0: but I, I did like what I see, and I think I am slowly getting back in it. Like, I might I might start watching it more regularly. Yeah. Of course, I don't have cable, though, and that that, that news that uh, the network doesn't get Raw or SmackDown for 30 days really uh, put, put a... I've always got them on my DVR, though. Ice pack in my pants there. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Do, make that the pre-show ritual. Yeah.
1: All right. Um, All right. So, this was uh, WWE's Backlash. It is the first uh, SmackDown-only pay-per-view since the brand split in July. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Essentially, what they've gone to is up two pay-per-view per per month schedule, um, except for the months where they have the big events, uh, SummerSlam being one of them, um, Survivor Series in November being another one, the Royal Rumble in January, and then in uh, either early April or super late March, WrestleMania, obviously. Yeah. Um, So there'll be a moratorium on individual brand pay-per-views during those months in favor of big, giant Mm pay-per-views during that time. This was actually kind of a cool pay per view. Um, number one, it clocked in, I think, two hours, 45 minutes, mm-hmm. not six hours. <laughs> I do think that's actually kind of the way to go. I think a six hour pay per view
0: made a lot more sense in the days where you spent like 60 bucks and made a day of it. Um, but I think when you're, I think probably soon, if not already, the primary method for getting pay per views is by a subscription
1: to the network. So, yeah, there was an hour pre show to this. So, I mean, if you watch the hour pre show with the one match that was on that pre show, then you're invested in almost 4 hours by the end of the day. Yeah. Um SummerSlam though had a 2-hour long pre-show when I think there was three featured matches on it mm-hmm. and then a 4-hour plus show then. Yeah. On top of that. So it it it's it's it, pretty hardcore. yeah it made it really hard to care about some of the matches by the time you got to them cuz you're like Jesus Christ I've been watching this all day. Yeah. Uh this was cool though um, i mean
0: by that time everybody's already drunk and yeah yeah oh
1: yeah there was a lot of firsts during this pay-per-view um smackdown uh going into this pay-per-view did not have a women's champion they also did not have tag team champions so um both of those were decided uh during this pay-per-view and the way they did it for the women's title since there's essentially six women on the roster mm-hmm. they did a six-pack challenge to determine the first uh the first champion and it was an elimination style so it wasn't first pinfall wins yeah. it it was you go until there's only two people left and then that one that one ends it so this was actually a really good match there was one botch kind of in the yeah. middle of it
0: <laughs> that was really funny uh matt texted me because i was told i told him i was i just started watching the match and he's like look out for that botch and i think it was it natalia and uh naomi naomi was it Ni- which one's the one that uh naomi is in green yeah yeah okay that's right so uh with the booty yeah it was kind of funny because he told me to watch out for it and i was like i don't know if i'm even going to catch it you know because i haven't watched wrestling for a long time and i thought it was going to be something like a little bit small but then when i saw it i
1: was like oh yeah nope that's it yeah (laughs) um naomi was on the outside on her hands on the apron and the intent was she was going to do a head scissors over the over the top rope and uh to natalia and she completely missed Natalia's head the first time natalia basically had to like use her hands to guide her legs to her head you
0: you can see her there was a part where like it looked like she just didn't have enough momentum to get her legs up over the rope and and so yeah it was literally like that like natalia reaches over and just kind of grabs her legs and sets them on her shoulders
1: and it it looked really dumb but that's a hard spot and if you're not well practiced at doing it i don't know i don't know if you maybe just don't skip that spot for a pay-per-view until you're a season pro at it. See,
0: I do wonder that. Like, uh, first off, we're kind of used to you know as much as everybody's all it's fake and whatever. You're used to not being able to notice that very much because the guys and the girls. You know, let's not be sexist about this do a really good job like there's there's very few cases where i see that uh somebody actually just totally fucking misses a move like that so yeah. i do kind of wonder if it was like a lack of practice thing or if it was just the one very rare occasion um and you know there's another thing too there's the other element of this is that a lot of the moves that they do even when they miss a little bit can still
1: look like they land this one though was awkward as shit yeah it was really awkward um here's the thing man um Sometimes it's better just to leave the spot on the table and walk away from it. Uh Natalia's oh, been sure. doing this a long time. She's third generation. I mean, we're talking, this is Bret Hart's niece. Yeah. You know, she trained in the same dungeon that Bret Hart did. Yeah. So she's pretty practiced at this kind of thing. And I don't know if this was a spot that they were told going in, like, that this is a must-do Yeah, kind of a thing. Um i mean if i'm natalia i'm just gonna push her legs down and launch myself over the ropes at her because that's where they were both gonna end up anyway yeah and it's a lot cleaner that way (laughs) Yeah, yep but um i mean it is what it is and and um i there was a lot of complaint on the uh internet afterward because there always is because the internet (laughs) yep um but honestly, this match didn't suffer from that one mishap in the middle of it. Like the thing picked right back up, and
0: oh yeah, actually, I was kind of impressed because after that, after that little little stunt, the match got really interesting really quickly. I think
1: I was live tweeting during the match, and uh, I could hardly keep up. I was just like, it was like okay, boom, well this boom, happened, boom. Yeah. and then like before I put my phone down, I'm like, oh nope, now this person's on too. <laughs> <laughs> so um, honestly, really good match. Um, I I really expected Nikki Bella to walk away the first ever women's champ for smackdown and i did didn't too
0: happen. i did too and actually i think she got eliminated fairly quickly didn't she uh, i think she was like the second or
1: third second or third yeah I yeah so um um but uh she was not to be denied her comeuppance against carmella no so that was good um me, me and my daughter were super super happy with the ending though because at the end we got to see becky lynch yeah uh as a champion she deserves it i mean she came up with uh charlotte and uh gosh who was it charlotte and sasha banks when they all came up from nxt together mm-hmm. um and started the women's revolution and she's kind of the only one out of that group that hasn't held the title yet of any kind so this is i i, I would hope and if it's me doing the booking it's not but if it was me she'd hold the title at least to wrestlemania oh yeah yeah that'd be pretty hardcore <laughs> She's a good wrestler, you know what I mean. She's good. Oh, in the she, ring. she's she's inter- Yeah, she was she was fun to watch. So and uh, you you just build her up to be kind of the unstoppable champ. Yeah. So that's that's what I would do. But plus, that would make for a hell of a WrestleMania.
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, next up, we had the Usos versus the Hype Brothers in the
1: semifinal second chance match. Uh, this one, I think, I skimmed through pretty hard. This was interesting because this match wasn't originally supposed to happen. Or, I mean, at least. Storyline wise, this match wasn't supposed to happen. I don't yeah. know if it's always been scheduled or not, but, um, and this stems from the fact that on Tuesday night, um, it was a match against uh, the Usos against American Alpha in the semifinals, mm-hmm. and American Alpha beat the Usos in some ridiculous quick time. Um, which resulted in the Usos turning heel and severely injuring one member of the American Alphas to where they could not compete. So what they did is they scheduled a uh, second chance semifinal match between um the hype bros who were also eliminated in the semifinals. Mm-hmm. Not by the Usos but by uh Heath Slater and uh Rhino and uh the Usos. And then we have the Usos versus um Hype Bros. I like the Hype Bros.
0: <laughs> I know I know nothing about any of these guys so um
1: Zach is it Zach? Uh,
0: uh, uh. I don't. I hope you're not looking at me, Ryder. Yeah, there you go.
1: Yep. It was Zach Ryder. Duh. Zach Ryder. He was kind of big for a little while,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like starting to get over, and then kind of fizzled out and whatnot. And they've been having a hard time figuring out what to do with him. He actually went down to NXT for a while, and that's when they hooked him up with Mojo Rawley. Um, so the Hype Bros are actually kind of a team from NXT. Zach Ryder came back up. Actually, was the IC champ following WrestleMania. I think it was WrestleMania. Yeah. Wanted it at WrestleMania and then lost it the next night to The Miz. Okay. Um, and then kind of, I was pissed because I was just like, come on, guys. The guy's have been the champ for a day. So The Miz has had the IC title for quite a while then? Yeah. Hundred and some odd days. Gotcha. So uh, when when they brought Mojo Rawley up from X, uh, NXT, I kind of was happy about it because uh, Zack Ryder is actually a really good tag wrestler, it's kind of an okay. underrated. Uh, ability but not everybody can wrestle in a tag match and he actually kind of excels at it so I wouldn't be upset if they kept that team together for a while before trying to do something different I think it'd be better for Zack Ryder too Um, but they didn't win this match the Usos won it and that was that was kind of it like this was just I mean they'd already both been in semifinal matches before the Usos won so they're gonna they're gonna face Heath Slater and Rhino later on in the show (laughs)
2: yeah uh
0: next we had Dolph Ziggler versus the Miz for the Intercontinental title match uh this one I did watch actually and you caught quite a bit of this one yeah this was pretty good um first off uh Ziggler you know we were talking about this during the thing and you pointed out that Ziggler really does a good job selling um which you could totally see uh so it was really interesting watching him wrestle and it's funny to me because every time I look at the Miz I still see the guy from uh Road Rules <laughs> um, so it's kind of funny because now he's transitioning in my mind to an actual wrestler. You know, which uh, is saying something because that's kind of a hard, hard thing to break. Obviously, I'm way behind the game because I think the Miz has been
1: kind of a big deal for a while now. Yeah, he's actually been the world champ before, but yeah. Um, this is actually kind of an interesting time for you to start picking up and and watching the Miz because he's actually going through a transition himself. Mm-hmm. Um. He got called out a couple weeks ago by SmackDown general manager uh, Daniel Bryan for being uh, wrestling like a coward. Okay. For not wanting to get hurt in the ring and whatnot. And The Miz cut one of the best promos I've ever seen from him before where he went, and I I think it was half shoot. Like, I think he was legit mad. Okay. And uh, started just berating Daniel Bryan for, you know, calling him a coward because wrestling – safely like he does is what's kept him in the ring every night for years and not having to take time off for injuries and whatnot and how Daniel Bryan's a hypocrite because he always tells his fans that he that he wanted to come back to the ring but he couldn't because of injuries and all this other thing so like it was it was kind of a big
0: that does seem Blow like up. it, actually. Um, so for you guys playing the home game, a um, so wrestling's fake, obviously, um, except for the part where they actually pick each other up and we, we prefer the yeah. game predetermined. Except for the part where you know you actually pick this guy up and throw him. Like we were watching this, we were watching the Ambrose and Styles match, and they did this weird like backbreaker. I'm not sure what it's actually called, but basically you flip another guy over across your you know outspread knee, and it doesn't look like there are some other moves where it's like okay, I can see how they're landing that. Like you know it's like doing a, a dive roll or something like that when you're a kid you can see you know they're landing on their shoulders so that they don't take all the, the the heat on their head and stuff like that um but the end result is and when you drop a guy off the top rope and they land flat on their back like even though the 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 thing is a little springy that shit hurts and yeah. it's still dangerous as fuck like when you're yeah. you're essentially like a millimeter away from you know having your neck broken you know that's what we were talking about with the Ambrose Styles match um so it, it's kind of funny because this is a thing i think that exists not just as part of the work um but, like, that's got to be a legit thing for wrestlers. Like, I don't want to do anything too incredibly crazy, um, especially after a certain time. Like, um, you can kind of see usually the longer the wrestlers have been around, uh, at least when I was watching, um, sort of the less interesting the matches would get because they don't want to take the risk that they used to take uh, because they want to stay in the ring, essentially. Yeah. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me at all if that wasn't, you know, half half reality, half half work, because um, that that's a, that is just a consideration that's got to be made.
1: Yeah, um, I I really like this match. Um, I like Dolph Ziggler, like you said. We were talking about the selling. It isn't just selling when it happens either. Like, yeah, the Miz worked his leg all through that match. And Ziggler sold it the entire match.
0: Yeah. So selling, of course, you know, like we said, it's it's predetermined. Um, so selling is essentially when. Um You know, half of the matches, when the guy punches you in the face, he's not. Most of the time, this isn't true always, which we're going to come back to, I think. But most of the time, when they punched each other in the face, they're not actually punching each other in the face. So uh, it's up to like the other wrestler to take that hit and make it look like it really landed and really hurt. Um, And so Ziggler was impressive about that, especially you know on that angle. The Miz had worked that leg, and he
1: he played that the whole match. So. That's why I'm glad we've moved away from the spots where they'll get a guy in the corner and then they'll stand up on the second turnbuckle and punch him in the face ten times.
0: Oh, that looks really weak. Yeah.
1: Well, and because at the end of the day, like, there's no swollen eyes. There's no. There's no. Cut yeah. Cheeks. There's. No, there's nothing going on there. Like it just, you just doesn't... got hit in the face ten times, and there's nothing wrong with it.
0: Yeah. It doesn't look. Yeah.
1: It's hard to sell that
0: really well at all because it's just not one of those things you really can. So they've, they've moved away from that a lot now that you mentioned it. Like every time I do see something that kind of harkens back to that, it's pretty obvious, pretty noticeable.
1: Yeah. I always like the Stone Cold Steve Austin one when you had him in a corner and he was like down on the ground and he would he would kick him in the gut a whole bunch yeah. of times. Because yep. you can sell that and there's no way to know whether or not.
0: Yeah, I love that when he grabs the rope and just sort yeah. of
1: starts burying his foot in the yep. in the gut. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, this was a good match. Um, we we really liked it. I think I can speak for both of us on that one. Sure. Um, and it ended with The Miz retaining his title uh, with uh, assistance from his lovely wife. Yep. Who sprayed Dolph Ziggler in the face with something.
0: It, it must have been, like, knockout gas, because it wasn't like he was acting like he got pepper sprayed. It looked like
1: he just, I'm
0: going to go down and go to sleep now.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah I don't know what it was. Um I'm sure she'll talk about it on the next show. This was hard for me though, because Dolph Ziggler had been going into this match with the whole intent of like if I can't win a big one, maybe I need to rethink some things and this, that, and the other thing. Obviously he didn't win this, not that it was his fault, because he was about to win it when Yeah. When Maurice did her thing and whatnot. So um but the Miz is one of those guys that I would like to see if he maintains the intensity they'd had during this match and he starts that's what's really gonna bring prestige back to the Intercontinental title, is he was fighting like everything to keep that title yeah uh and was really intense about it and that's what i want to see because that that ic belt used to mean so much and over the last several years it just
2: it's just kind of just another title
0: yeah it's just one of those things that they do to keep the things going until you can get to the main title events yeah yeah um all right so the next one is bray wyatt versus randy orton and this was an interesting not match uh for uh so essentially what happened is that um Randy, uh, I think it showed Br- Bray in the earlier part of the thing beating up Randy backstage.
1: Yeah, he was he was slamming his leg into a door yeah. repeatedly. And-
0: so uh, Bray goes out to the ring, and um, uh, Orton doesn't ever show up. And so the interesting part of this, and I think the part that could be a bit of a discussion, is that uh, that's also um, has some real-world reasoning behind it, too. So I'll let Matt tell that part. Yeah,
1: please. so well, let's just run through real quick the events. What happened was... Uh, Bray goes out to the ring and uh, tells the ring announcer that he wants the referee to administer the the 10 count and win by forfeit. So yeah. they do all that. And then at the end of that, the ring announcer says, but Bray Wyatt now has a match against this person. And then Kane comes out and yeah. they do their match. Randy shows up at the end, hits an RKO on Bray Wyatt and gives Kane the match essentially. Mm-hmm. That's not really that important. Um, no. Bray has lost about every pay-per-view match that he's had in the last several, <laughs> several months. Um, and I was kind of getting pissed off about it. But then I keep thinking to myself, he's losing these matches. But at the same time, like he still gets booked on pay-per-views pretty yeah. regularly. And somebody pointed out online that if <laughs> Vince must see something in Bray Wyatt if he feels like he can book Bray Wyatt to lose these matches. And it doesn't hurt his credibility. Yeah. Which I mean, it doesn't because the guy's still a monster. Like people don't really want to wrestle him because he's he's freaky. Huge. Yeah. Um. But uh, the the backstory to this that Eddie was was talking about is there have been rumors kind of flying around the day of all day yesterday that that Orton wasn't going to be able to wrestle the match due to injury, and it's been all but confirmed now that that injury is actually a concussion that he suffered at the hands of Brock Lesnar during the SummerSlam match that we talked about wherein I specifically mentioned it was kind of hypocritical of the WWE to get color on him, bleed, the hard way by letting Lesnar elbow him and punch him in the head until he busted his head open.
0: They've um, had
1: kind of a hardline stance against concussions for quite a while now, and then they do that spot. Obviously, the the intent is to make Brock look like even more of a monster than he was before. I get that. Um, But now you've got a wrestler with a concussion.
0: Yeah, I thought that was really funny because that was a complaint. And I think that was, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, Jericho getting all pissed off because they did that. Yeah. And, he he, you know, he's pissed off for all the right reasons, as it turns out, because he totally, it totally looks like Orton came out with a concussion. Um, And all the reasons that they don't want to do that or that they'd they'd previously stated they don't want to do that, turns out, are completely good reasons. And then they went ahead and did it anyway. And, and, you know, here's what happened. So,
1: yeah, it's kind of nuts. I don't know. I wouldn't have done that spot. But, no,
0: I I don't think so. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but the way that they used to do this or a lot of the times rather than just the pure, you know, blunt force that they, they would they would cut a little with razor.
1: Uh, Yeah, it's called a gig. Yeah. And they they would do it. And some of them still do it. It The thing is, is WWE kind of has a, a, a pretty hardcore no blood stance these days, too. Yeah. Um, The reason they did the way the the Brock match, the way they did is because they wanted to make it seem as though they had gone off script. Yeah. Which, couldn't tell, you know. Yeah. So, it worked, but uh, there are guys that used to be able to do that and go hard way, which is without the use of a blade or anything like that, mm-hmm. with one or two knocks, and there'd be blood. And the and head wounds bleed anyway. Yeah. So, it's not that big of a deal. Um, Brock, though, <laughs> Brock really laid it into him yep. quite a bit to get there, so yeah so
0: um i imagine that this internally is a is a kind of a dividing line for a lot of wrestlers like um because obviously there's good reasons why you don't want to go hard line like that like that and uh, i think this kind of shows it so not sure not sure orton would want to agree to doing that again orton uh, actually
1: specifically stated he will not that's do it. that again like yeah. that's it number one he wasn't expecting it to take that many hits anyway it. yeah so
0: yeah, yeah. um Anyway, so, yeah, super interesting, I thought, uh, from that standpoint, so. Yeah. Um, But, you know, we got a decent match out of it, and then, obviously, Orton came out and delivered the RKO, so, presumably, he's under some sort of small medical clearance, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, like, he hit a spot, but, I mean, he's not going to be out there taking bumps. Yeah. So. Can't, can't you know, like we said, you're still getting
0: dropped on your your head a lot of the times for most of the match, so. Yeah. Not something you want to do if you just suffered a concussion.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um. He Slater and Rhino. Yeah. He Slater and Rhino. So this is um against the Usos for the tag titles, the first ever Smackdown uh tag titles. I actually enjoyed this match quite a bit. Uh, the Usos controlled it most of the match. Uh He Slater was uh had a hard time getting to the corner to get Rhino in. Yeah. Uh Rhino came in, uh got double teamed by the Usos pretty quick and He Slater had to tag back in uh pretty quick after he tagged out the first time like he was still kind of beat up but got some momentum uh going uh this match actually wasn't quite as long as i i thought it was going to be mm-hmm. uh but the end of it the ending sequence actually worked out really well it's a bunch of guys in and out of the ring um rhino actually came in hit the gore um yeah. on one of the usos not the legal man so he, he did it behind the ref's back and was able to scooch out of the ring in time for Heath slater to roll over and get the cover and and uh and get the one two three for the uh, the tag titles.
0: Yeah, so that's another first because th- this is the first time we've had a SmackDown tag title. Yeah,
1: and it's this was kind of a cool match. He Slater didn't have a contract going into it because he didn't get drafted in the draft, and the the stipulation that Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon laid out was he needs to find himself a tag team partner, and if he can win the titles, then they'll give him a contract. And yeah, and he did that, and he's buying Beulah a double wide now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love that. And that's that's not me being classist either that was actually it's legitimately what he said what he said at the end yeah yeah (laughs) so and this, uh, was, this was fun for me, at least, because uh, Rhino was a wrestler. I remember watching
0: back when I was watching wrestling. And so, uh, Rhino was back in there, and it's still pretty much killing it. So Yeah, he's yeah. huge.
1: He's yeah. running for uh, public office, too, in his oh, own really? state. Yeah, that's, and, that's and winning, from my understanding. I mean, it's not unprecedented. Jesse no. Ventura was a... Um, uh, no, but have you seen Rhino?
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> that is kind of, like I would love to see what Rhino looks like at, in a suit, like at a council meeting or something like that. I'll show you after the show. He, 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 I mean, he he doesn't look like... Uh, n- unlike you know like an actual caveman transported into that setting yeah yeah
1: um and i'm pretty sure his real name is guido oh really yeah that's even better yeah i'd go by Runo too yeah uh finally we got
0: our title match uh our 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 show uh that's aj styles versus dean ambrose for the wwe world title
1: yeah uh this this match was good um i enjoyed it pretty much start to finish yeah these uh, are
0: super good wrestlers uh i have not been around long enough to really know these guys except for that when i see either
1: of them wrestle i'm usually pretty happy with it yeah um match of the night during SummerSlam was aj styles versus john cena in my opinion yeah and uh, it seems like all the match of the nights that i've seen over the last several months have involved aj styles in some way shape or form
0: he's good i mean he, he just is really good
1: yeah, Dean and Dean's good too. Uh to his credit, he's not been uh exposed to the world as much as AJ Styles has when it comes to wrestling. Uh, yeah. He has been around for a little while, but not um not to the extent that AJ Styles has. He was a little sloppy a couple times during this match, but nothing that uh seemed like it was really uh putting anybody in danger or anything like that. Yeah. Um This match actually was 24 minutes, I think. It was a long match, yeah, yeah. it was it was it was longer than uh than the rest of the matches on the card. Obviously the title matches usually are anyway, but um AJ Styles kind of controlled the match from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um and then it uh things kind of fell back into Dean's favor. This match told a really good story. It kinda had some back and forth going to it, and then by the end of it you were super invested in, in what was happening.
0: Yeah, I thought so too.
1: Yeah. Uh I was not surprised that it ended the way it did and yeah, me either so um
0: the, the short of it is i think this is the one where um a j got the low blow yeah. on Ambrose while the ref they they had just uh knocked the ref over and essentially while while yeah. the ref was collecting himself a j got the low blow and then uh, hit the styles clash hit, hit the styles clash and and uh got the cover so um yeah a j's
1: been wrestling heel um it honestly. I want to say it surprised me that he won clean against Cena at Summerslam, but it doesn't because I knew what they were trying to do because Cena was taking a break, um, and they needed they needed AJ Styles to be a legitimate source of concern for Dean Ambrose. Yeah, um, so he beat him clean at Summerslam, and this time wasn't clean, but he beat him, uh, and he's the world champ now. So it's AJ Styles is. I I was telling Eddie. Ever since the inception of of NXT, since Triple H really developed NXT into a brand, people who come to the WWE, they don't get to the main roster without going through NXT. That's not the case for AJ Styles. AJ Styles came directly from New Japan Pro Wrestling and made his debut at the Royal Rumble. So
0: It's kind of a big deal in these days. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. right so that's backlash we got
0: one last piece of wrestling news and uh that's vince mcmahon um our our ceo in in uh the you know the wwe is going to be undergoing surgery following a training mishap
1: yeah so the dude's 71 years old yeah that's
0: i made the joke before we were talking like it was the was the mishap that he's 75 and can probably outbench me yeah yeah
1: yeah Yeah. um i don't know what the mishap was either um the funny the funny thing this isn't a long story either that's just a uh, he got hurt. It's going to require immediate surgery. And uh, Vince plans on being back in the office by Wednesday morning.
0: <laughs> it's, see, th- there's, um, this is not a surprising thing to me at all. Because Vince does seem like he's one of the guys that's successful for a lot of different reasons. But one of them just seems like he does not stop working.
1: Um, So, let me tell you something about Vince McMahon. Mm. Vince McMahon does not sneeze. <laughs> okay. Because sneezing sign of weakness is well it's a sign of lack of control like if you can't control yourself then how can you control a boardroom that's amazing so and there's and and everybody that's ever worked for him will tell you like you don't call in sick because he'll tell you you can be sick at at work as easily as you can be sick at home yeah like that's (laughs) obviously he's never worked food service or healthcare. yeah no kidding (laughs) you know or seeing literally.
0: a wrestler shit himself because sometimes you really just are sick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. fun.
1: That's that's Vince. Um. And the guy, the guy goes and trains at three o'clock in the morning if he's out on the road doing stuff and he's busy all day putting together the show. He's backstage of the show, um, basically feeding Michael Cole lines to say on commentary. <laughs> um. And so by the time everything's done closing up shop at the arena and it's three o'clock in the morning, he still wants to work out, so he goes and works out. And if he has an idea for your character, he calls you in the middle of that workout at 3.30 in the morning. That's awesome. Yeah, that's what he does. So, So,
0: yeah, it's not surprising to me that the guy's successful. I mean, I think he's a divisive character. Like, a lot of people would have, you know, uh, different opinions on him depending on who you talk to. Like, I'm sure there are people that will tell you he's a straight-up scumbag, and they're probably not entirely wrong. But uh, he does seem like he's one of those guys that just legitimately goes hard all the time.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the the long and short of what wrestling is these days, especially in the WWE. It's like you take your personality and then you turn it up to eleven for your character on screen. Yeah. I don't think that's different for him.
0: I yeah, I think the you're Mr. McMahon right.
1: characterized like as much as it's not Vince McMahon in his everyday life, I think that is how Vince could be given the right circumstances.
0: Yeah. Or like a lot of Adderall.
1: Yeah, something. Yeah. Um go watch uh look it up on YouTube. There is uh it's Vince McMahon being interviewed by Bob Costas, okay, um, about the XFL, okay, and it's during the XFL when the XFL was actually still happening, and it shows you a lot of sides about Vince McMahon.
0: Okay, that's interesting. So, yeah, uh, maybe we'll put
1: a link to that in there too. Yeah, you're gonna have to remind me. It's like it's a three part video, so.
0: Yeah, So we will be back in just a moment with some Marvel and some fresh beers. Yay. So let's talk Marvel. Um, Big news this week. uh, Mr. Sinister, one of the bigger X-Men villains of all time, I think, is coming and will be featured in Wolverine 3, which we kind of know a little bit because we did get that tease towards the end of Apocalypse. I think
1: that was a a stinger, actually, after the credits. It was was the mid-credit stinger of the cleanup of the Weapon X facility by the Essex Corp. And, of course, Essex is the surname of... uh, sinister of his alter ego anyway yeah so yeah Uh, not much in this article just saying hey this is what's going to happen um which i'm I'm excited about because i want to see how he's portrayed on screen i hope it's better than apocalypse was
0: i really do um i also watched
1: that movie again the other night and so i was like i
0: think that's one that in hindsight i'm not going to like as much like it, when I on this on second watch, I don't think I'll enjoy it as much as I did i
1: I fell asleep. I haven't finished it. <laughs> I mean, granted, I watch things late at night sometimes, so that happens, but like I yeah, if it was that important, I would have gone back and watched it the next day, and I didn't yeah,
0: um you know the only thing that I was thinking about this is so they're bringing sinister for the movie, which I think is kind of a big deal. um what I'm hoping though, like I really want this movie to be good, like Hugh Jackman's been this character for so long, yeah. he's had this character since two thousand and one, and he's it, had ups and downs with it. He has, but he clearly seems to love doing it. Like, he clearly seems to love doing the character. Um, And I really just want this movie to be good. Like, I really want it to be a a final, uh, you know, a good send-off for this incarnation of Wolverine and and, uh, Hugh Jackman in general.
1: Here's the thing, and I, I want them, I want people to understand a little bit about, making a good Wolverine movie. Just because Old Man Logan is basically the only form of Wolverine that we have right now does not mean that it's the best decision for a Wolverine movie. Yeah, It seems to be the direction that people think they're going because of some some uh, tweets, I think, that he'd sent out of pictures of him. Uh-huh. Um, but I would submit to you that that doesn't necessarily mean that we're doing Old Man Logan as a storyline. We could be doing a regular Wolverine. We could be doing the post-Weapon X facility storyline but having it be narrated by old man Logan or an older Logan, anything like that could could happen. I would much rather see a post Weapon X Wolverine you see, I, I, get control of himself. I, you know I do what I mean? think
0: that in some regard they're gonna want to have some method for transitioning the character. Like, um or, or for, you know, I don't think like this I don't think is gonna be a purely like Wolverine movie with any anything left up to chance i think that this in a little in a little bit of a way sort of like days of futures past was with um sort of transitioning the franchise into something else um i think they're probably going to do this a little bit with wolverine 3 so you know we can get more storyline out of the wolverine character we'll get but just not with uh We'll get hey, Laura Penny, and yeah. it'll
2: be
1: X-23 Wolverine, um, which I don't mind because I like that character quite a bit Yeah, um, depending on who they get to play her and a lot of that kind of stuff. See, and here's the thing, though, and this is where Fox consistently falls short, is they walked away from that franchise after X-3 and after X-Men War, um, Origins Wolverine. They kind of walked away for a long time. It was quite a while before we got first class, and then it had none of the original cast in it. Yeah, People were like, wow, that was a good movie. Yep. You know, it wasn't stellar. It wasn't the best movie anybody would seen but like as far as the x-men movies go it was a good movie and
0: yeah i think part of that is because it followed up from uh, wolverine origins which gosh anything yeah. would have been
1: yeah and x3 x3 it too was a train well, wreck like, and that is casting, definitely a low point for the franchise the casting of james mcavoy as uh professor x and um uh, uh yeah. fassbender as magneto like Fucking brilliant. Nicholas Holt as Beast was awesome. I didn't know how I was going to feel about that going into it, but like now, yeah, totally. The only thing I don't like about it is he's supposed to be like this, like, World War II era Jew and can't drop the Scottish accent. (laughs) (laughs) That is a little funny, yeah. But, I mean,
0: whatever. It's fine. Uh-huh. um yeah the only thing the only thing i don't like about this actually is patrick stewart is literally the perfect professor x but yeah uh, um i thought this was a it's not distracting like this is a suitable way to do the character and, and get another actor to do
1: the character so well and that was fine and then days of future past right yeah best x-men movie to date my opinion a lot of people like x2 no i'll give you that mine is mine is days of future past because it did so much for the franchise it yep. brought credibility back and took it in a whole new direction, and then, and then we got Apocalypse. And I'm just like, "Come on, guys! Definitely you a low point.
0: Something going, yeah,
1: definitely a low point." Um, so I, know, I just I want this for Hugh Jackman's sake. I want this movie to succeed because I I I think he wants it to go out on a good note, and I think he deserves it to go out on a good note.
0: I did too. I definitely don't want to look back at that one. and just being like, like Wolverine Origins, like yeah. the, probably one of the worst movies in the franchise, you know, and, and probably with one
1: of the guys that cares the most about it. So. You know, here's the thing though, and I can say this now because we got something good out of it. It introduces as to Ryan Reynolds as as Deadpool.
0: Yes, thank you for that.
1: Um, I also didn't hate. Uh, um, I can't remember his name because it's one of those kooky rap names.
2: Uh, the the ghost guy whatever uh, yeah
1: I can't either Ja rule no it wasn't
2: Ja rule
0: <laughs> why am I thinking jaw rule okay um, I'm gonna have
2: to look this up and it's cause...
0: entirely wrong too I know who you're talking about and I, and I knew that was wrong even saying it but that's what I do I say the wrong names on the show um gosh uh you know the the other thing too I didn't mind was the cameo that they had from um the 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 creole guy what's his fucking name gambit yeah gambit.
1: I actually didn't hate that guy as gambit.
0: Yeah, I didn't either. Um, But, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to uh, the possibility of getting... uh, What's that dude's name? Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. You're bad with names tonight. No, I've just completely forgotten who anybody is called. Uh, But, yeah. I don't know what else there is to say about this movie. Just make it be good. Make it be good. Somebody... Get get uh Kevin Feige to come over for a few minutes and, and just fact check your shit a little, because uh, it seems to be like that's what's missing in the Sony and the Fox world is like somebody somebody actually oh. doing a little of the behind the scenes storytelling. It was Will I Am. Oh, okay. I was close. And I, w- I was not close. And honestly close.
1: honestly, my favorite piece of that movie wasn't um any of the guys that we've talked about. It was Leif Schreiber as Sabretooth.
0: Oh yeah. Leif Schreiber is is a perfect Sabretooth. I yeah. will give you that one too
1: i wouldn't hate it if he came back and did saber tooth again nope they could keep him yeah yeah that was that was that was excellent all right um so anyway yeah that's our marvel news dc news we've got a lot of exciting stuff um
0: so we we talked about the killing joke i think a while ago on the show and one of the big things we talked about was that kevin conroy and mark hamill uh were back to do the voices of uh batman and the joker respectively backlash after the killing joke i did it did it took it in the shorts a little a lot of people did not like the barbara
1: angle yeah, I didn't hate it. I mean, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't hate I didn't it. I think it was necessary, I, they, necessarily. But I, I'm a fanboy. But I mean, I think if you're looking at it from a perspective of you don't know who these characters are that well. Well, I think the the part that people hate that that I think we kind of agreed with them on was
0: they didn't need. Who well, did need to fuck her? Yeah, yeah. Like that 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 was weird. I remember <laughs> I'm pretty sure
2: Dick was
1: fucking her at the same time period in the comic yeah. books. So I mean, even that even was,
0: watching that movie when that happened, I was like, what? Yeah, it was yeah. a little weird. But that I was mean, that was weird. So. Uh, but, yeah, the movie the movie did take a lot of backlash. But, anyway, um, it must have done pretty well because uh, Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill are now teasing Hush and Death in the Family. Um, now, which, I'm going to
1: have to go read Hush because that's one of the Batman stories that I actually haven't read. Oh, Hush
0: is good. I think you'll like Hush. Yeah. Um,
1: Death in the Family, though, I did read for sure.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. De- Death in the Family, I think, is a new 52 story, isn't it?
1: No, that's the death of the family. Oh, death in the right, family right, right. is when that is Is that Jason Todd? That's when Jason Todd died, yeah. Yeah, okay. Which, for those of you listening at home that may not know, we've talked about it before, but just in case it's your first show. Spoilers for an event that happened 25 years ago. <laughs> um, DC introduced the character Jason Todd shortly after Nightwing... Um, well, after Dick Grayson left um, to go be Nightwing and stop being Robin. Yep. Um, and they were just like, we need a Robin. And so they told the writers, like, they're like do we want an Asian Robin? Do we want a black Robin? They're like, nope, white kid in tights. We just need a Robin. We just yep. need the same Robin. And yep. so, um, what they did is they brought in the character, Jason Todd, only Jason Todd was kind of, uh, whiny and snivelly and, uh, uh, a shit. Jason Todd was a shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're he not wrong. did not get over with the fans, um, at all. He was Robin, um, but he was a Robin that only got brought into the fold because Batman caught him trying to steal the hubcaps off of the Batmobile. Yeah. And uh universally disliked. And so they knew they were gonna get rid of the character somehow, and um I believe it was Denny O'Neill, actually, uh who wrote some of the better Batman stories that you'll ever read in your life. Um and coincidentally he also wrote the Speedy was a junkie storyline from Green Hunter and Green Arrow. So, okay, gotcha. Uh he kind of was Spitballing with the idea with a couple other guys and they came to the decision that they would do um a uh a phone-in like you call and you press one if you want jason todd to stick around and you press two if you want him dead they couldn't say dead but yeah they alluded to the fact um and i believe it was a two percent margin it was actually more split than i thought it was yeah but um the audience did vote and he died yeah, at the hands of the Joker and uh,
0: Yeah. It, it's one of the more gruesome moments, I think, in Batman history, and I think also something that I'm kind of glad they did because it is really sort of one of the defining moments. Like, it, There's a lot of defining moments for the Cape Crusader, uh, but this, is, I think, is definitely one of them.
1: Well, and it and it served as fodder for later on because, as we know, they brought Jason Todd back later on the as, Red Hood, as the Red Hood, and some of the more interesting stories... Um, far better use of the character. Yeah. I, I like the character. I'm actually... Um, we've we've read a couple of the Red Hood books. Um, yeah, and they've been good. They've been pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm excited at the at the prospect of that because I think they and honestly they don't have to build in, um, a a 20 minute pre build, so no. to speak.
0: They did this story a little bit in Under the Red Hood, the animated property uh, DC did a few years back, and uh, the illusion there was enough to make if you like this story uh, like you probably are salivating over based on what they've already given us so and
1: and if you do an extra 20 minutes maybe do just a small recap of his origin as robin and how he met bruce wayne and all that kind of see
0: i I do think that's what it it should be it should be a little bit of like a jason todd jason todd centric storyline you know in the way that it it started off the killing joke like that is one of the things that's a little messed up about the killing joke i think is that they made it a little bit of a barbara gordon vehicle uh, which it
1: really didn't need to be well they had to make her important though
0: yeah, they did. Um, I just they think, didn't
1: have to do it the way they did, but they did have to make her important somehow. I think
0: because because that's what they were trying to do. They they, they went a little too far in that yeah. direction. Like in the first half of the movie is is a little bit disparate from the rest rest of the movie, and it does yeah. kind of lose the message a little bit. I would so. agree with that. I'm I'm not going to hate it though. Like you know what I mean? Like that? No, 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 no. Definitely not. I definitely enjoyed it. Could it have done been done better? Certainly, uh, but it's it's far from like the you know like uh, movies that I will never watch again because they're so bad. so anyway hush and death in the family would be amazing Um, those are two big stories and i only like i love what this is doing as as a potential because there's lots of other cool batman stories like that that they they could do yeah um next up uh billy crudup will be Barry's father in the dcu flash movie
1: that's dr manhattan and if you don't know him by his regular name
0: it's not stated yet whether or not his giant blue dong will be returning
1: he is also the guy that left uh mary louise parker for claire danes when she was seven months pregnant wow with his kid yeah dick move pretty fucked up huh
0: yeah but i mean claire danes is hot but so is mary louise parker so i don't know
1: mary louise parker's like 50 and i think probably hotter than claire danes it i mean that that they're
0: even considered in the same you know breath is is a a testament to what a specimen mary
1: louise parker is like if you watch weeds you can see her boobs i'm just saying
0: it seems to me, though, from fans of weeds, uh, that is basically its largest redeeming quality because it goes downhill pretty fast. If I understand, I actually it. liked it. I liked oh, really? the whole thing. Yeah, we watched it, um, it,
1: it. Okay, so it doesn't leave. It doesn't end where it started for sure. Like it goes pretty far from where it starts, but I don't think it's bad. I liked. I I liked it. I liked. I liked her character and everything else we we watched the first bit of it and it was an interesting concept but it wasn't enough to keep me engaged long enough to watch the rest of it so you'd probably like the second half better because it actually is more compelling okay that's interesting especially when it comes to the kid
0: yeah but i'd heard mostly that like it 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 goes off the rails pretty far and then that's not a compliment
1: it 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 goes off the rails but i don't think it goes (laughs) off the rails in a necessarily a bad way casey and i watched the whole thing together so yeah um. So anyway, Billy Crudup. Uh, he's done some other. I oh think, yeah, we're talking about the Flash. Yeah,
0: he, he's gonna be he's gonna be the dad in in uh, Ezra Miller's Flash. So I don't know. I thought this is interesting because we've got a father for the Flash already. Are they gonna shoot in, dope together? I maybe because I mean. He'll <laughs> be like, "Hey, man, it's the multiverse," and then Billy Crudup will come and be like, "Yeah, yeah, you know, back in my day, it was the multiverse too. Now pass that joint, yeah, yeah. I
1: got a big blue dick, yeah.
0: Back in my day in the multiverse, I had a big blue dong, still yeah. do. Just uh, now, I gotta have a cream on it. Um, yep. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. Um. So th- this this Flash movie still I. I don't, I just don't know I just don't know what the DCU anymore I just Justice don't know what they
1: Justice League is gonna have I mean Justice League is gonna have to sell me on The Flash as a movie
0: it, it really is um, I really hope it does too I just I, I still think this is a little bit backwards why are we why are we leading with the Justice League why is that happening so early because they didn't want to
1: follow the Marvel method
0: that well that's fine but the marvel method worked the, so far i'm not entirely sure that this is working like when i again I, I went back and watched civil war uh civil war came out recently and i went back and watched that again the other day we might have even talked about that on the, I got the, the, the on last show it. and it's so good yeah it's just so good from start to finish like it has even more of a, a humongous roster of characters than um you know, batman versus superman does and it just handles it so much better
1: yeah I, um,
0: I got I, the pacing I mean just God the Russo Brothers the Russo Brothers man for I think from here until, until eternity anything that has the Russo Brothers name attached to it I'll probably check out
1: yeah I got the IMAX format version of it so I just need like a 92.1 surround sound system to <laughs> to take advantage of it yeah no problem yeah
0: yeah I'm sure um, it looks beautiful yeah, so Kritop's Kredip, going to be Barry's dad in the Flash. Uh, although I will say, like the other thing that was weird for me is I kind of remember Kritop being a younger man. Uh, so when I, when I definitely I, looks older now. He he does, and not in a bad way. I mean, he looks wizened. You know, like Hollywood people don't tend to get old. They just he could be Ezra Miller's dad. Yeah, it, it fits, and and he doesn't entirely like. I was thinking about like him compared to John Wesley Ship, and I was like, okay, I could buy that. That's fine. So uh, at least that's not going to be the weakest point of the movie. Yeah, I don't think. Assuming you know he's still kind Who of a douche. You know, what would be really funny is if we have to go like we go see the Flash. I really, in fact, I I hope this is
1: the case. I hope we go see the Flash and we're like, well, that was so fucking good, and we have to go back and eat shit for the next episode of the show. Honestly, I want us to go watch the Justice League and to have to come back and be like, you know what, we're totally going to go see the Flash.
0: Yeah, we I've already bought my tickets. Yeah, yeah,
1: because I mean, we already know we're totally going to go see Wonder Woman. Yeah, we're definitely going to go see Wonder Woman. I mean, let's be honest, probably going to see all these movies and and an Affleck directed Batman like. Yeah, but, I mean, here's the difference, though. Like, Ooh,
0: you know what I didn't put in the show notes? we got to come back to that Affleck-directed Batman for a second uh, after... Well, I guess we're pretty we much can, done with Flash. We can do Flash. that, but no, let's the, do only that.
1: Thing, the only thing I was going to say is, like, we're not obviously going to go see all these movies in the theaters if they're not banging down our door to do it. You didn't go see Suicide Squad. This is true. You know what I mean? Like, Because it wasn't one of those things where it's like, okay, I've got to see this in the theater. Th- that I definitely wanted to see, but, yeah. It, like it, When
0: I, they announced a new Batman movie, I'm just like throwing my wallet at the television you're like just please send me my ticket now um, with your dick in the other hand like, yeah <laughs> uh whereas that doesn't necessarily like now i'm not even so sure like the dcu in general it, it you know i will probably go see most of them in the theater like I, i'll miss the occasional I, suicide squad i'm but,
1: going to see justice league like there's not any way oh yeah shape or form that i'm not gonna go see it because it is the Justice League on yeah, the big screen. Yeah, I've been
0: wanting that for so long. Yeah. Like like the, the the you know little 6-year-old boy in me or f- probably 3-year-old boy in me that first discovered Superman has been dying to see the Justice League movie on the big screen. So, I'm definitely going to go see it. Well, I just I really wish I was more hyped about it. Like the next Marvel movie coming out like at the end of Civil War, I was like on board. Like I'm not even sure what it is anymore. And like, that's
1: that's just it though. Like we can Oh, it's probably do, Ragnarok. We can do Movies where we make the characters edgier and have it be okay. Superman's not one of those characters. That's that's where Zack Snyder lost me the first time. Yeah,
0: number one, they fucked up with that. Number two is it, the the stories just aren't told well. Like Jason it, some Momoa is just as, fundamental movie making
1: problems. Aquaman can be edgy. Yeah, in fact, I think Aquaman kind of has to be to get people to be interested in him. It's it's the unfortunate reality of what it is. We'll talk about that when we talk about Aquaman number six. Yeah, but Jason Momoa as 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 Aquaman, I'm for it. totally totally okay with that stray from the the typical comic book look i think that's actually going to be a good
0: idea in general because i do think that 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 is you know like i do think they need to take aquaman in a different direction to garner a whole another generation of fans because even today i still don't think outside of the very most devoted comic book nerds uh aquaman just
1: doesn't matter i would go like if they did a um if they took like the first Big story arc from the New Fifty Two Aquaman that Jeff Johns wrote. I would mm. go. I would. I would watch that movie yeah. easily. But yeah, they're just, not exactly doing that. It's just over not DC, one of those. It's just so. not
0: one of those characters. Like, I think this is the same type of thing when it, it was announced that they were going to do Ant Man. It's just one of those things that I think your average person is just like. I mean, okay,
1: see, sure. And I didn't go see Ant Man in the theater, and then I saw it when it came out on a Blu Ray, and I immediately regretted not going to see it. Yeah, I did see it in the theater, and I was less excited about it than you were. I
0: think because when you you when you saw it, you were a lot uh, happier with with it than I was. Um, but yeah, no, I rewatched that in the last couple months too, and it's a good movie. Like, yeah, solid. Definitely, definitely worth putting that character on the map, which is, I think, what Aquaman needs. Well,
1: and it ties some stuff together. Plus, it makes every scene in Civil War that Paul Rudd was in completely work.
0: Oh, not only that, but it does it ties some other stuff together in Civil War. Yeah. Like rewatching Civil War, one of the things that struck me is how much it makes every other movie in the franchise just about better. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, Iron Man Two makes a little bit more sense. Iron Man Three even makes a little bit more sense. The first Avenger is a better how did you get movie. Out for... Iron Man Two. Uh, gosh, I, I can't remember now. Shit, no, I I don't remember. I just it had I, to be Black
1: Widow oriented, right? Probably it didn't have something to do with like that. Rip-lash.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it was something like that, but um, it's just one of those movies that actually
1: the relationship between him and Rhodey. Yeah, there you go. That's probably
0: that. That I think is one of the bigger things. Um, but yeah, it just makes every movie in the franchise better. I, I you know, Thor, notwithstanding, poor guy. Why won't they call me? It's just the Dark World. Yeah, I that uh, movie. I you know I I, I wait. I, I'm hoping Ragnarok undoes uh, some of that. Uh-huh.
1: I, I'm gonna sit down and actually watch Ragnarok again. I think in the next the time. Dark
0: World, yeah,
1: Dark World. Sorry, it's
0: it's one of the only movies I think I haven't watched since it came out. Like I've rewatched all of the other ones in the Dark World. I just See, I've watched meh. it a couple times, no, but I, I keep nodding off in the middle. I don't
1: nod off. I just start fucking your, playing your Pokemon. Brain, or whatever your brain else does. I'm your doing. brain does. Your brain just like, well, <laughs> yeah. fuck it. I'm out of here. Yeah, um, which is stupid because honestly, Chris Hemsworth is an amazing Thor. He is. I fucking He's... love Hiddleston as Loki. I'm a giant mark. Yeah. For uh, Natalie Portman. Oh, yeah. That's for sure kind of who I named my kid after. Like, (laughs) so, I mean, really? Yeah. Like, is it really? Can I really not watch that movie? Like, see, I I usually like Natalie Portman and
0: everything she's in, except for uh, Star Wars. Wars. (laughs) And this movie, actually. Not her fault. Not her fault. Even in the Thor movies, though, she feels very much like, I have to be here. Like,. Her
1: character uh, um, just feels very much like oh, I, have to I didn't be here. get that from the first Thor, but then again, I think when she did the first Thor, she wasn't counting on maybe having to come back to do a second Thor.
0: Well, I think she was. I think she was on under contract. I think that's why we got her in the second Thor. I don't think she ever wanted to come back and do it. Really, I, I don't remember, but I seem to remember her not being very big on the franchise in and general, see, so. which is
1: dumb because honestly, that could have done wonders for her after Star Wars
0: yeah but i think if she's had enough successful movies i don't think she needed something like that to rescue her yeah but um
1: the black swan that was it like that's that's what she did to because she almost didn't get cast in stuff after that yeah it was so bad i
0: do remember talking about that but like she did v for, v for vendetta after star wars 2 yeah, that didn't do her any favors either it didn't no do did people not like that movie no. i like that movie no people didn't like it that much I like that movie and I thought that that really actually did a pretty good job of highlighting her as an actress the problem
1: with that movie is that hardcore fans that read the read the um, Vertigo series yeah it wasn't edgy enough for them oh no the movie
0: actually tried to have a moral
1: I think and I don't think that that was what the comic book was about yeah and then the people that weren't familiar with it were just like well what the fuck is this (laughs) No,
0: I I I didn't read the comic book, and I was still really a big fan of that movie, so I still watch it yeah. every year around November.
1: It, it it tread it tread water, but I mean that that was about it. I yeah. I enjoyed it. I didn't hate it, but it like it didn't do much for her in in terms of her career and whatnot. So, yeah. um, I don't know. I think I think if she'd have put a little bit more into it, especially in the second one, like the character of Jane Foster might have been used later on, you know, to maybe be Thor at some point
0: that would be really interesting too because you know I'm kind of sad because that's a little bit of a missed opportunity but I don't know if I could see her being Thor
1: well that's the thing is like she doesn't have to be Thor as Natalie Portman you know what I mean yeah for sure it's like Iron Man anybody can be that suit which is why they make fucking every excuse in the world to get him out of the suit during the movies (laughs) yeah (laughs) this is entirely true and like every five seconds like even though
0: everybody can perf- hear me perfectly cuz i have the most advanced audio tech in the world i have to always open my faceplate
1: <laughs> yeah every 5 seconds yes and when i when i go into this enemy stronghold and look into their weapons depot where they're holding all these crazy weapons i'm just going to step out of my suit and not be protected at all yeah of course why would why would you
0: want to be in an iron man suit in the middle of you know formidable uh, base of enemies yeah um hollywood yeah all right, last up we got a small piece of news. Um so we Oh were you want to talk about Batfleck. Before. Oh it was. Okay. I did yeah. want to talk about Batfleck because there was something that I forgot to mention, um, or put in the show notes this week, and that is we talked last week um, about Joe Manginelli being um Manginello. Oh, yeah. Mangianello yeah. being rumored to be Deathstroke, and that's basically it's, it's confirmed. been confirmed. Yeah, um, I think we're still it's in the it's in the rumor phase, but it's like one of those rumors that everybody knows is true. It just hasn't been announced officially
1: yet. I'm pretty excited about that. I am too. Because I did not know that Deathstroke was going to be in it.
0: And first off, he's getting—we're getting Deathstroke, which I love because this Batman I think is well suited to some kick-ass like uh, Deathstroke versus Batman fights. Um, and second off, joy Manch—he looks dope for Deathstroke. Like just seeing the the shots of you know an older Slade and next
1: to uh, you know photos of Joey Manginello—he's he's a man, big dude, and like luscious cock jokes aside like <laughs> the guy is he's fucking huge like he is built oh yeah no so, kidding like, like i i'm not having a hard time seeing him and batman fighting no i think it's
0: i think he's well suited towards um this thing like i think if it were like the marvel guys casting it i think we would have gotten a much smaller skinnier Uh, deathstroke and that would have been okay too because one of the things about deathstroke is just he's fucking fast like he he has you know um depending on which storyline you're looking at he has you know super enhanced abilities uh related to reflex and coordination and stuff like that so and that's one of the ways he he's a a convincing bad guy for batman but yeah he looks really good for this so
1: no i i completely agree and i'm 100% 100% on board with that.
0: I also heard um I think I think we talked about this on the show too, but the, one of the rumors for Batfleck is that um this movie is not going to have a singular villain. This is going to have a a collection of villains of some sort, and I think that would be a little bit supported too here because I think Death Deathstroke and I, you know I've been wrong before and I wouldn't be surprised if they could pull off a whole movie with Death, Deathstroke as the main villain. But uh, I don't think Deathstroke is very well suited to be a main like a whole
1: two hour movie villain. And I don't know that he's gonna be a villain one hundred percent of the time. The thing about Deathstroke is he's a mercenary. Yeah. So uh I can very much see them doing a he and Batman are at odds. But then when at the end of the day when push comes to shove, like it's also in Deathstroke's financial best interest to help bats do whatever he's doing see and that's
0: what i like about deathstroke too is he's very immoral like you you can um he is bought and sold um and that's sort of one of the interesting ways that he gets used in comic books i think a lot of the time so
1: i felt like they kind of tried to do that a little bit with uh dead shots character uh in suicide. suicide squad yeah
0: yeah that'll be one of these days i'll actually catch it and then i'll I'll tell you how i feel yeah. about it but <laughs> hey it's only been a couple months
1: i think it's almost done with this theater run so it should be too much longer before it's it's the, hit digital
0: yeah um so anyway, uh that looks really cool. I am excited for that. Uh B- Batfleck at least, you know, I, I'm sure there's we can go back and read the threads. There was tons of people that were like you got Ben Affleck to be Batman, you're such an idiot and yeah, all those people eat shit.
1: You're wrong. Like two of those people still agree with that statement, but yeah. you know, they've been Two of those people cannot uh, separate been shot the fact and killed, so it yeah, Two of
0: those people cannot separate the fact that uh Snyder writing Batfleck is quite a bit different than uh, Batfleck it,
1: itself, so Then Batfleck writing and directing Batfleck yeah have you seen the preview for the new movie he's gonna be in it's uh Mm-mm. it's like an old uh, like Al Capone days type oh really yeah I'm on board yeah I wanna go see that all right, last up of it, in our
0: DC uh, cavalcade here, we have Jonah Hex. Um, Jonah Hex is going to be back for Legends tomorrow. I'm sure there was somebody that's a diehard fan of Jonah Hex that was just like, Jonah Hex is going to be... Oh, yeah, just back for Legends. Okay, fine.
1: We we didn't uh, we didn't talk about this because I wasn't caught up on Legends yeah. when we were doing this uh, when the show was on, but this was actually one of the standout episodes for me uh, I agree. toward the end of the season, and I was really, really excited when I realized that's who that was. As soon as he walked in, I saw his face. I'm like, it's fucking Jonah Hex. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool, and I'm happy to see him come back. Yeah. I, I hope it's for
0: more than one episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah you know, I think he's going to be good. He's a good enough character that they, they have to bring back for more than one episode in some yeah. capacity or another. So, yeah. And, and you know, the the element of time travel gives us all kinds of opportunity for Jonah Hex to show up in different places. So,
1: Totally. Lots of seat up stuff actually um, happened this week. Mm -hmm. And when I say lots, I mean, you know, a couple things. Yeah, There's a uh, promo out for Supernatural Season 12, which we didn't talk about at all, but I watched Season 11 just uh, a couple weeks ago.
0: We didn't talk about it because I haven't watched anything past Season 1.
1: Badass. Season 11 was rad. Is your wife caught up on it?
0: I'm fairly certain she is, yes.
1: I I really enjoyed Season 11, like, more than anything.
0: We'll have to get her on to talk about it because I'm sure that would be something she would...
1: Dude, I'm going to set it up for you without spoiling too much, right? So, Season 10... Dean spent most of the time with the Mark of Cain. Yeah. And uh, Sam spent a good portion of the time trying to figure out how to get the Mark of Cain off of Dean because it was slowly turning him into uh man <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. Nice little clever play on words. Anyway, um, the problem is, is that removing the Mark of Cain, the only way to do it is basically unleashing the darkness onto the world. And that was kind of how it ended. They killed death and then unleash darkness onto the world
0: there are 12 seasons in guys they can kill death occasionally
1: you find out very early on in season 11 that the darkness is a being and that particular being happens to be the sister of god okay uh they're going a little off script there yeah well he <laughs> <laughs> when god was created in the universe she kept fucking it up and so he inv- he he with the help of lucifer locked her away in a box
0: Pan- pandora's box by any not, chance not no. pandora's box necessarily
1: but just locked her away yeah um and uh so she couldn't ruin his creation anymore and when they let him let him out like the whole thing was she's pissed off because she's been locked up for humans basically um, mm-hmm. But she's not angry with the humans. That's actually the one thing they did really well with that character is like she was not angry with the humans at all. She was only angry at God. And we finally, after eleven seasons, actually get to meet God too, which was pretty amazing. Wow. So, and I'm not gonna tell you who it is because it's somebody that you meet as you go through the show. Okay. So,
0: cool. That's exciting. One of these days, like, I don't know,
1: I've got to get around to watching it someday. Uh- Once you get past midpoint of season two it stops being as much monster of the week and starts becoming more of a serial story being told. Okay. So, which I think you appreciate probably more than. Yeah. Episodic stuff.
0: It's interesting. Cause there, there, you can do like, um, good episodes in a bottle, you know, like that, like monster of the week sort of
1: star Trek, the next generation did it for seven years. Yeah.
0: Um, you can do stuff like that. That's, that's engaging. It, it's a little out of vogue now, I would say, uh, to do that, that kind of a show. Um, but they just weren't particularly good on Supernatural, at least not that I found so far.
1: Yeah, no, Star Trek: Generation did it for seven years, and then Deep Space Nine couldn't. So then they developed the big overall picture storyline that yeah. they followed, and then that show ended really well. So yeah. Uh, Moving on. Oh, one more thing. Go ahead. One more thing when it comes to CW stuff. Yeah. If you've heard us talk about Supergirl,
0: we have but occasionally
1: did not have access to tv to watch it the entire season one is now available on netflix as of last week
0: which i think you can thank the cw for because that's uh what they've been doing with their shows since like arrow season one
1: yeah and i was i was really concerned because it was a cbs show and cbs shows traditionally don't show up on netflix so, no, they don't. That, that's what I'm saying. You can
0: almost entirely thank CW for that because that is one of the things they've been doing back since Arrow. That's how a lot of people got to start with Arrow, like myself, is binging it on Netflix for yep. the whole of season one and then watching it uh, as it goes through season two. So,
1: um, and on the Netflix front, this season of shows, mm-hmm. excuse me, lots of beer, uh, starting with this season of shows, um, that is the flash arrow legends of tomorrow supergirl uh the new deal that netflix has worked out with the cw is that within 14 days at the end of the season the entire season will be available so you don't have to wait all That's summer a until pretty big right deal. before the show starts like you actually have the summer to binge the season instead of
0: yeah you know, like they're like okay uh so cw um so the thing is we found actually that some of our customers have lives not all of them but some of them do. <laughs> some of them can't watch the whole season of shows uh, in the week before the next one comes out. Ooh, yeah.
1: And by my calculations, we are 18 days away from Luke Cage. Ooh. Which means we're 18 days away from Netflix further learning
0: that I don't have a life because I probably will binge that in the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. should probably at least just if it's any it good, point. which
1: I'm thinking it's going to be. Yeah, we should probably just make it a point to try and watch it all before we record the the show that follows that.
0: <laughs> we could. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But um, if nothing else, I think we're probably going to break that into chunks. Like we'll, we'll talk about three or four episodes at a time for, at the very least.
1: We're going to record in 14 days, theoretically, 13 days, because mm-hmm. we'll, we'll watch the Clash of Champions pay-per-view. Yeah. Presumably at the same time this time. It would be helpful, probably, for podcasting. Yeah, we'll try and get Bailey here. He was going to come this weekend, but uh, Natalie was sick, and yeah. he's got a wedding to go to this week, and he didn't want to get his, get sick before his friend's wedding and whatnot, so he didn't yeah. show up this week. I don't blame him. It's yeah, fine.
0: it's fine. Um, so, Pokemon Go has released the Buddy update. And, Matt, tell me about what that is, because I don't know that I care enough to even know what this is.
1: All right, so here's the thing. It's been in the works for... I would say months but the whole game has only been out since July. The whole game has been in the works for months, yeah. Um basically what what it is is you're going to have a buddy now. You well, you can choose one of your Pokémon to actually follow you around like Pikachu did in Pokémon Yellow for Ash and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um the kicker is that this this buddy Uh, Generates coins based on the distance you walk Similar to hatching eggs So like some Pokemon generate a coin For every kilometer you walk Some Pokemon it takes 2 kilometers or 3 kilometers Before you get a, a, not a coin, a candy A candy for that specific type Um, I've been super excited for this Because I don't want To catch Fucking 90 Magic Carps Or however many I have to Before I have enough to evolve one into a Gyarados
0: It's a little hardcore, yeah
1: (laughs) I mean I already have a Gyarados because we caught one last weekend.
0: Yes, we did, except for Sam.
1: But <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> except for Sam. Um Take that in China, yeah. But bitch. Did, my my Gyarados did not appraise well.
0: Yeah, neither did mine. Yeah. I don't think any of us did. I think they were all like, it's got significant combat power, but uh, I don't really care about it that much.
1: Yeah, um. Whereas I've got a magic that I hatched from an egg that is super good on stats. So I'd like to evolve that one. Anyway. My point with this whole conversation is is they did this update the opposite of the way they've done everything else. The way they did everything else was just like, okay, let's just drop it and then try and have 7 million people use it at one time. Yeah. Now that they've lost 4 million of those people, they're like, <laughs> whoa, whoa, we better roll this out in phases. Yeah. So a lot of people have the update. I don't.
0: I don't know that I do, but I don't. I don't think so. I don't know how that works with iOS. Like, um, unless, actually,
1: people with Android have been getting it first because iOS has been taking longer to approve the update. That doesn't. I I so. just
0: was looking through my updates to see if I had it, and it doesn't seem like that's the case.
1: Yeah, which is fine. I don't mind that iOS wants to verify data and whatnot before they push it to their customers.
0: Yeah. It The only time that pisses me off is that I've heard from developers um, that sometimes they, you know, make a mistake and they have a, a bug in their app and they want to release an, a fix for that
1: right away and they can't. Sometimes they deny your app, but then use your code in the next update when it comes to the notification bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Apple, you fickle little bitch.
0: Yeah. Anyway. You're not wrong. Um... <laughs> Okay, so Pokemon Go. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's it. Um they're just they're releasing it in phases. So it started on the September 10th and oh by the way, happy birthday to little brother. Yeah. His birthday was the 10th. So. Happy birthday. Uh, uh we already talked about the iPhone being uh
0: controversial, let's say. Yeah. Let's be yeah, charitable. Yeah. So uh I I mean there's only one place left to go with this.
1: A college humor video.
0: Yeah. Well, okay, we didn't really talk about that part. Uh, I did post a College Humor video in which Johnny <laughs> describes with meticulous detail uh, how they improved and innovated with this iPhone. Uh, and that's that they made it worse. Um, so I'm not going to go frame by frame on the video. Go watch it if you want to. It's funny. Um, even if you do like the iPhone, I like the iPhone. I still do. Uh, but it's still a funny video, so check it out. All right. The the last place we have to go, though. St. Kennard, Yeah. <laughs> Saint canard and, and there's like 12 nerds at home sitting there that are like at the appropriate age that just got that joke and they're like what
1: yeah <laughs> my wife was making fun of me because she used to watch the show a lot and she was like but if i was watching it that means you were like an adult and i was like i was 13 yeah. <laughs> and she was like yeah, yeah you were pretty much an adult and i was like to be fair i'm 38 and i still watch cartoons yeah so Come on, guys. Yeah.
0: No, I watched the show after school. Like We'd we'd come home and it would be on after school. Um, They had this block for a while
1: that was amazing. The Disney Afternoon.
0: Yeah, the Disney Afternoon. It was Darkwing Duck, Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers, like Tailspin. Tailspin was
1: part of it. Yeah. This video, actually, that we're posting actually highlights all of that. Yeah. Um, It's done by Kyle from The Nerdist. Um, Essentially, what happened is... It's 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 been a well-known fact to, to people who watch Darkwing Duck and DuckTales both that Darkwing Duck was a spinoff of DuckTales. Um, specifically, Launchpad McQuack is part of the deal. Like, we get him, and he's the same character and whatnot. Well, Tad, and I forget, I forget his last name. It's in the video. You'll figure it out.
0: It's I have not, no clue. Yeah.
1: He's the creator of Darkwing Duck, and he specifically said recently that it is not a spinoff and that uh, the worlds of Darkwing Duck... And Ducktales are actually taking place in a in parallel universes. Yeah, right. That's all fine and dandy, except for Kyle went through the trouble of having some interns at the Nerdist put together <laughs> put together a uh, a video reel of a bunch of clips that specifically point to the fact that they are in fact in a shared universe. Um, obviously, we have Gizmo Duck in in both Darkwing Duck and Ducktales. Um, Has alter ego as Fenton Crackshell in both universes and guess what he mentioned several times that he and Launchpad both used to work for Scrooge McDuck yeah um, lots of different things um, just watch the video it's funny it's basically telling a creator no you're wrong yeah. you can't retcon that far back I, I won't even go into the last piece of evidence that is pretty damning in and, in and of itself um, and it's yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go any further because you have to watch the video because it's hilarious.
0: Yeah, I just love the age we live in. Like, if you've ever released anything ever in, uh, in popular media, um, don't ever think that you're gonna get to make up something later or get a fact wrong on the internet. That just does not happen. If you get something wrong, even about a thing you created, uh, somebody is gonna be there to call you out for it. Dark Queen so.
1: Duck is pretty iconic. I think it is. If you're gonna
0: yeah. create something like that, at least
1: remember the facts.
0: See, but I think like, the thing <laughs> is like when they were making it wasn't probably like i think i think that uh nostalgia plays a big factor in it and a lot of people like it a lot more than um they necessarily expected the, them to otherwise i think we'd get some sort of spin-off or some shit like that today but
1: i yeah. love that show because i mean honestly i was 13 when it came out but i still came home and i watched the disney afternoon because it was way better than doing homework and
0: oh the disney afternoon was amazing like, and it
1: was it was it was disney doing really funny shit because the Disney afternoon stuff was Disney cartoons but they were <clears throat> pardon the expression modern at the time. Yeah. Which meant that it catered uh to an audience that wasn't four. Yep. And because of that I really liked it. Darkwing Duck especially though because he was a fucking superhero. He was Batman. Oh man, Batman I remember like in as a wanting duck.
0: to be Darkwing Duck for Halloween. Like yeah. it it was Darkwing Duck was awesome. So um yeah they just i missed that i'm actually kind of sad for my kids because we didn't even have cable at home so like even if there were a disney afternoon today they probably wouldn't be able to see it but like as far as i know nothing like that exists like i'm i am sure you can probably turn on nickelodeon and watch you know the 45th rerun of spongebob for the day but
1: i'm sure i could loan you the dvds oh there you go maybe that's a good idea i have rescue rangers tailspin and darkwing duck and DuckTales. Your kids are probably raised way better than mine. My kids don't watch that shit ever. Really? Like, I, I, could, I put it on and they're just like boop, 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 boop. Oh, know? I know. I tried to I tried to get my kid to watch t-
0: um like we have a uh uh DuckTales movie. <laughs> the DuckTales movie, the
1: DuckTales movie, The Lost Lamp?
0: Yeah, we tried to get it. I tried to get Dude, them to watch I, it and they were I like,
1: had to jump through fucking hoops to get that because by the time Yeah, it was really hard to find. Yeah, like you know what I had to do? Huh. I had like every Disney movie that I've ever bought that had a code in it that mm-hmm. you get points for, I never redeemed them. So I actually went through and like redeemed all of them, and I had enough points to order it. But that was the only place I could find the that movie. That movie because VHS, you could find it on VHS on like eBay and whatever, and it wasn't even that much. But like, who has VCR? Like, yeah. I wanted to watch it, and so like, and I bought it for my wife because Ducktales was kind of her thing for a long time. Uh huh. And I finally found it, and I ordered it for her, and she was really super stoked. I think we watched it once, but I mean, just we have it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's that's it.
0: It's funny though. Like whenever I try to put on something like that, they're like, "What is this old? Oh, this looks this this is ancient. Like it must be like for for them like watching you're like, Steamboat Willie." Kids are Willy.
1: stupid because those cartoons have shadows.
0: Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's like for them, it's like watching Steamboat Willie or some shit like that. Like they're just like, "Wow, this is so primitive," you know? Yeah, your old cartoons are adorable, Dad, and then they tell me to piss off and go watch. Uh, You know, something on Netflix. Yeah.
1: I don't know. Make your kids watch anything from the Disney afternoon. Just do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're going to force them to do way more annoying shit than that, so might as
1: well. Just tell them, look, you can go mow the lawn, or you can watch fucking DuckTales. (laughs) You decide. (laughs) It would be really funny if they're out there mowing the lawn like
0: 10 minutes later. Yeah. It is what it is. All right.
1: We're going to go get some beer, and then we're going to talk comic books. Yeah. Let's do it. All right, let's talk about some comics. Yeah. Let's talk. Yeah, a little, little comic books. Comic books. Lots of them. Not, not actually. This week was kind of light. this. Actually, I, I like this. Like,
0: uh this is another reason I think we, we talked about this before the show, but we're definitely going to pare down some of this reading because, number one, there are some books that I've gotten far enough in that I just don't care about. And number two, it's getting to be a little bit of a slog. Like, I, I uh you know, reading like 15 books a week is, is a little rough sometimes. This week um, was only nine. Yeah, this week was only nine. I, bad. I, I actually texted you something into the effect of like, oh, only nine? No big deal. Yeah, like, I got I, this. No problem. I felt
1: bad because I didn't read all week. And then like I texted Eddie earlier today. I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I haven't read any comic books yet. Yeah,
0: and when you texted me that, I was like, neither did I. And I don't think we're going to get through this for the show because there's always like 45 fucking books that came out and we can't
1: do that before yeah. the show. Um, but we did. Yeah, we totally did because there was only nine. Um, and honestly, they were all good. I mean, there was a couple that were not as good as others, but... Most of them were were decent. Yeah. Start with Aquaman. So Aquaman, we find our hero,
0: Arthur, um, basically being confronted by uh, Big Blue, who is uh, not... This actually drew a little bit of a um, uh, parallel to The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight Returns. Uh, where where Superman was sort of like the um the hammer uh, of the, the United government States hammer. government, yeah. Um, and, and this actually drew a little bit of a parallel to that for me. Um, basically, Captain um, Hammer, as portrayed by Nathan Killian. yeah. Basically, Big Blue has been brought in to uh, uh get um Aquaman to back down. Really, uh the the main guy that uh, behind this is the uh de- what's his fucking title Department of Just No. Uh, he's the Secretary uh, of Staff. So chief, as, God, chief of staff, staff. Chief of Staff low, for low the low president. Yes. He, he basically wanted uh, Superman to go in there and kick Aquaman's ass because Aquaman and Mira have just gotten done basically taking apart the army and a breaking from their de- detention facility. And Superman stops him and is basically like, dude, you can't do that.
1: You're not allowed to beat the hell out of the to American which, government's army. To which Arthur said, I'm a king. Yeah. He's like,
0: <laughs> I was like no, seriously, I'm king. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, actually so this uh, we talked about this Aquaman kind of beat the fuck out of Superman for a while I really <laughs> actually like this because this is a, a, I think a good way to um further legitimize Aquaman's uh, Aquaman for new audiences is he can go toe to toe with Superman um, yeah and even Mira Mira you know held her own uh, with Superman yeah because
1: and, even, even the chief of staff was like did she just deck the big blue like yeah and she did she totally pa- did
0: part of the thing here is you know obviously Superman's not trying like Superman uh, you know, I think in a straight up hands out, hands out fight, you know, um Superman no contest. He punched back a couple times though. And Aquaman took it. Yeah, um but but that that you can even uh, I, I guess be anything that's more than slightly annoying to Superman is worth note. Yeah,
1: so. yeah. No, I really, I actually, this is the only comic book that I read this week where I actually pulled specific lines of dialogue out of it. One of them was "I'm a king." Yeah, because um, it was the I, I think following their fist fight or or shortly thereafter. Yeah. And the other one was, after Supes realized that all hope was lost if he didn't listen to Arthur, because right about that time that they were done punching each other, the, the entire Atlantean that, army that came was out of sick. the water. That was so good. And uh, Arthur basically says, "You have to let me go because I can fix this." Yeah. And. Superman's like, well, what are they waiting for? He's like, for me to tell them to fire.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love this too because um, this further, I think, legitimizes Arthur as the Atlantean king. Like uh, one of the things that's been true for Arthur is with his dual um, citizenship. You know, half land dweller, half half uh, um, Atlantean. He's been sort of a controversial king for the Atlanteans. Uh, so the fact that he's just standing there being like, if I just say fire, they will wreck all your shit. Like, yeah, that was pretty badass. But I really love the end uh, when Superman's like, OK, go fix it. Yeah, because uh, his, otherwise... his exact
1: line was fix this. Yeah.
0: Or else. And so I think Mira's asking Arthur later something along the lines of "Like, just threaten you. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, so what does that mean? And he's like, means I have to fucking fix this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um,
1: that, Arthur, that Arthur totally good. respects Superman and what he is, but he's also not willing to back down from him if he feels like he's wrong. So No, th- this
0: is one of the things that I like about the, most of the members of the League in general uh, is that um, they're all on varying levels of power. Like Batman, this this is one of the things that makes Batman brought, for
1: me. He called out specifically the Trinity. Like, that's yeah. one of the things I liked about this book because he, he, he referred to the Trinity as being... Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. And then kind of a lesser trinity to some extent of Green Lantern and the Flash and Cyborg. And yeah. Cyborg, as a Green Lantern fan, I'm pretty familiar with his relationship with the Flash and everything. Not ever been really in there with Cyborg like that. Like I think that was kind of a, a, a Dos Ex Machina for this particular storyline. And that's fine. Yeah. It works. Um, but he's not wrong about the Flash and, and, and Green Lantern because how Jordan and Barry were good friends how Jordan and Wally even were friends and then when Kyle took over he and Wally had kind of a troubled start but eventually they they were friends yeah so
0: i just like that um Arthur is willing to stand up well, like, it, it, it gives him a good kingly quality. Yeah, um, Like, he, he
1: needs to be able to stand up for himself for Atlantis, etc. And he does kind of legitimately feel like the bastard child of the Justice League. And, yeah, and I'm, he's, I'm hoping... I
0: thought this was a little meta. Like, I thought they were talking about that uh, being, like... Y- you know we've already made jokes in this show alone about Aquaman in general and his standing within the league and I thought that that was a little bit meta commentary from the writer saying like you know Aquaman's always been a little bit of the bastard child of the Justice League at least since like the 60s and 70s um so they're trying to give him some spine you know so
1: yeah I I like that I thought that was really cool Johns Johns did that specifically in issue one of the new 52 run of, of Aquaman as well yeah uh, in
0: fact, th- th- it's almost getting to be a little bit of a joke that, like, uh, that they joke about it. <laughs> that they keep coming back to that, too. Yeah. Um, like, that's almost part of his character at this point, is just being the bastard child. Like, that's actually what they're doing. They're incorporating that into
1: his actual character. Yep. Yeah. Batman number six. Nope. Nope. Fine. Manta. We still have to talk about Manta. Oh, we do. We there was, do. That was a big reveal for Manta. That was pretty sick, too. Yeah. Um, basically, um, in previous issues, we've seen Black Manta basically taken before this head of this criminal organization
0: captain nemo i believe i don't remember or no, the
1: organization is nemo yeah and it's captain something or other captain that sounds jack. entirely like uh, he's captain jack
0: yeah every something captain stupid. is captain jack apparently but
1: yeah it is it does sound like a stereotype uh anyway he's dead doesn't matter because uh manta was just like so what if we do this and he's like well you're assuming you get input and he's like well why wouldn't i and he's like well you're lucky we brought you in and then all of a sudden manta pulls out his fucking harpoon and just cuts his throat yeah just right there yeah it, and they're
0: like what's this and he's like there's a new king in town boys or something like that something
1: you know? stupid yeah it was just like well the king's dead yeah long, long live, live the, the king, king. Yeah, yeah
0: perfect um which i think itself is a good setup too because now you got king against king yeah yeah yeah
1: uh, so anyway that's where that that's where we leave off in this book uh um,
0: so Aqu- this is funny I, aquaman remains good no i, I like
1: I'm, I'm gonna keep reading this one for sure
0: yep now we're talking about madman six now we're talking about Batman Six. All right, Batman Six. Uh, so in this issue, we get uh, This is the epilogue from the Gotham and Gotham
1: Girl storyline.
0: Yeah, and it's basically Gotham Girl uh, pretty much losing it's, her shit. Sp- um,
1: it's if Britney Spears, ooh, had superpowers. Had had superpowers. Yeah, this yeah. is, and I'm talking shaved in, head and, and taking golf clubs to to Lincoln Navigator, Britney Spears.
0: Yeah, exactly, because that's like the opening of the book. Gotham Girl shaves her head and then goes off the <laughs> reservation. She doesn't yeah. go try to kill everybody she just uh just goes she a actually little bit goes
2: nuts.
1: and saves people like even knowing that her powers the more she uses her powers, like the shorter life she'll have. We figured that out in the last book and whatnot, yeah, um, and it's she's pretty manic at this point, like she keeps talking to her brother, who's obviously yep. dead uh, and having a hard time bats actually tries to save her kind of halfway through the book he's like, hey. I'm here to save you. And she kind of just keeps talking to her brother and ignoring yep. him and, and leaves and whatnot. And I, the part that I loved about this book was when he asked Alfred for advice about how he helped him after <laughs> that was
0: the best, thing after ever. his parents
1: died. And Alfred was like, every night you leave this cave, I feel like I didn't help you. Yeah. He's, so,
0: he's essentially like, uh, sir, every night you go out and dress up as a bat and jump off tall buildings. <laughs> did, did I really help? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so that's fun. The other thing that was pretty standout in this... Um, actually, I think I saw this posted on Reddit before I saw read the actual book. And there's this one scene where Gotham Girl saving a bunch of different people. And it's sort of like this... Uh, um, like, uh, you know, one after the other. What do they call that? Uh, montage. It's like this yep. montage of her fighting crime. You and, need a montage. Yeah. And there's this one scene where there's Kite Man and... and yeah, and who the fuck is Kite Man? Yeah, who the fuck is Kite Man? But you know what? He tells you in the next panel because he just bursts through the window and goes, Kite Man! Kite Man! Yeah. <laughs> Steals some lady's bag and then jumps right back out the window. Uh, best dialogue ever written. Um, so anyway, that was fun. And then, of course, we get the the actual solution, which is Bruce just being human, which is fun. Um, so Bruce basically says, you know, like, he takes off the cow and he says, I'm Bruce Wayne what happened to me is a lot like what happened to you. And I yeah. still talk to her sometime, his mother uh, sometimes
1: and so on and so forth. So. Yeah. I really actually like the reveal there. And, and it seems to have gotten through to Gotham girl too. Um, but he wants to fix her. Cause she's still emotionally fucked up from the psycho pirate and whatnot. Yeah. And the, what happens next I thought was fucking nuts. And at the same time, brilliant because you see him talking to Amanda Waller mm-hmm. and she's basically like, no, if I do this, like, the Justice League everything else comes second like you work for me yeah that was a little crazy and essentially what he's doing is he's asking Amanda Waller for help to get him close to the Psycho Pirate to get him so he can make him fix uh, Gotham, Gotham Girl, Girl. Um, only we find out very quickly that the Psycho Pirate is actually in the possession of somebody that we've met before and his name is Bane Mm-hmm. really excited to see um, a new take on Bane
0: yeah. Um and presumably since we we're we're doing a rebirth storyline, this is gonna
1: be the bane that broke the bat's back.
0: Yeah. Or so.
1: or or close approximation thereof. Yep. So Th- this this I think
0: is gonna be a lot of fun. I thought that was a pretty big deal. Yeah. All right, Green Arrow number six. Keeps getting better. I I just love this book. Yep. Um so this one actually primarily follows Emiko. Yep, Amiko. Uh the, uh God and she is Ollie's, I
1: think, sister
0: yeah she's all sister half sister yeah she's Half-sister. the son of his
1: father and uh shadow
0: yeah which for you guys that only know this character from the show that's probably gonna sound pretty messed up and it is a little yeah um but anyway, uh, it follows her story, and it's kind of cool, and it seems like we're going to get at least another issue following her, because uh, this ended on kind of a cliffhanger note with her and how she solves the current predicament she's in, or rather the predicament she was in, in a flashback.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is this is what's cool. It's like, we know that she's not in this predicament currently, because she's obviously well past that and whatnot, but I, I'm, I'm interested in seeing how it is. Basically what it is, is she went and bought a watch from the Clock King because she was tracking some teenagers. Yeah. Um, They seem to all have these watches, um, and she felt they were up to no good, so she bought one, not realizing that the watch was actually um, releasing uh, or inhibiting... I don't know what it does. It's it.
0: it it's it basically the solution is like you need more adrenaline and, you know, higher heart rates and stuff like that to keep yourself alive. And so that's what it is. the way yeah, that it, she finds yeah. the the way that she finds this guy is basically this 16 year old kid is like trying to rob a bank or something like that on a motorcycle and she takes him out.
1: Um, it, it amplifies your adrenal. Yeah, some, and some shit like that. So, so if you don't go back and get the watch wound, yeah, then you die. So you so, you can either,
0: I think the way that this worked was you can either you know do something high adrenaline crazy, which is what a lot of the teens are doing, or you can go back to the clock king and and uh, get him to wind your watch,
1: so to speak, and then uh, no, what they were doing is they were stealing money and bringing it to him for him to then wind, the watch. They wind the watch, or yeah, you can work okay, directly for sense. him as yeah, and do him favors and whatnot. Gotcha. So, okay. Um, yeah, man. Like uh, it's cool, but we also get to see the um, the current storyline, which is Shadow basically trying to take her. In front of the head Yakuza boss, um, Him. who's supposedly 200 years old and some mythic dude. Um, because at the same time as Emmy was being a double agent and secretly still working for Ollie, even when she was working for the Ninth Circle, Shadow was also still secretly working for the Yakuza, even though she was the property of the Ninth Circle. So it gets a little fucked up, gets a little convoluted and whatnot. Really well written book, though. Um, yeah, like not this. much Ollie in this book. Like Eddie said, this was uh it was an imicocentric book. Um, and I'm actually looking forward to the next issue because I kind of want to see where it goes from here. I want to see the conclusion of the Clock King stuff, which obviously happens in flashback. Um, but we also find her being taken to the Yakuza King at yeah. the end of this book too. So, yep, she's in two predicaments at once.
0: Very, yeah, very cleverly done. Like I, I'm really enjoying the Green Arrow book. Now,
1: if only the show was good. Yeah, we have to say that every time. Uh, yeah, Justice yeah. League number four. Listen, listen, Guggenheim.
0: Yeah, you can hire these guys. You know, you're the showrunner,
1: or just have us come on and be like, "Nope, that's a stupid idea,"
0: or like any rational person. Yeah. Um. No,
1: preferably us, though. Yeah, it should be us. Yeah. Justice League number four. This is where it kind of starts to fall off a little bit for me. Um,
0: this was okay.
1: Like it, it's uh, okay, it, but this book is not. For a book called Justice League, like. This should be the and okay, here's the thing. it is a world shattering event, but not a world shattering event that I care about in any way, shape or form
0: it um you know that's it's really convoluted
1: like it's really fucking convoluted
0: that's sort of the trapping with the justice League for me in general is that um. Any Justice League story, uh, I don't know, book, uh, this th- This is probably not true, I'm sure. If you're going
1: to bring the big five together, there's got to be a reason, right?
0: Yeah, so, like, the thing is, yeah, exactly, and it's got to be this big world-shattering event, which I think translates well to the screen, but it's not necessarily what I look for in a comic book all the time, and so this actually is a little bit boring to me, if nothing else, because the story's not really amazing, like, the story's okay, and there's certainly cool elements of it, but uh, it's nothing amazing. Actually, what stood out for this book, for me, is, like well, Superman's in the core of the Earth, you know, uh, just for the, like, if, if you had any question about is Superman overpowered or not? Well, he's in the core of the Earth. And there's a whole bunch
1: of Dr. Manhattans that are different colors.
0: Yeah, that, that did seem to be a thing, too. So here's here's Although my advice. Although I did like that, that, those panels. Those panels I thought were really well drawn.
1: No, I thought they were, but here's my advice. And this is not going to be popular probably amongst many, but if you're smart, you'll listen to me. The Green Lantern used to do this. They used to have the Green Lantern book and then they had the Green Lantern core quarterly. Because anything big enough to require the entire core can't happen every single month or every 2 weeks in this particular case.
0: See, and I think what the thing like I think some executive DC was just like, "Hey, fuck you." Um, cuz this book sells a lot.
1: Yeah but the justice league in my opinion is one of those things that should be quarterly it should be like a 64 page quarterly book oh no i
0: i i think actually i never would have thought of that on my own but i think i completely agree with you yeah like because you just you cannot have events of that scale so often or it, it actually kind of takes away from it,
1: the the story it does it makes it harder to suspend disbelief i mean obviously we're reading comic books they're fantasy we get that like we're reading cartoons but we are but at the same time, like we want to believe that there's a purpose for these characters to exist. And the huh. Superman story that's happening right now is awesome. The Batman story that's happening right now is awesome. The Wonder Woman story that's happening right now is awesome. Those stories should all happen, but they should happen independently from one another. And when there's something big enough that requires all of them be- to be there, then then you bring in the Justice League Ultimately, and you do it four times a year. I'm,
0: I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take us back. Uh, an hour or so when we we're talking about wrestling, the way that I think that they should use this is like a pay per view. Yeah, um, like it's a culmination of all these different stories that have been tying together for the last you know month or two months or something like that. And depending on what pay per view we're talking about, sometimes it's you know the last half a year or a year. Um, I, I think that's kind of what it should be just to your point, like have it happen every, you know, uh, once a quarter or something like that. And then you can let these other books tell their own individual stories and slowly build up to those things. And I think that that even makes the Justice League more powerful because, uh, then, then all of the readers of those different books have to get that book to, uh, uh, get the culmination of the story.
1: I'll go you one better. All the pay-per-views that happen within that given year with the storylines, tend to build upon one another until you get to one particular pay-per-view. WrestleMania. WrestleMania. That's the blow-off, right? Yeah. That's the conclusion, the finale, but it's also the prologue to what happens next. Nothing different in comic books about that. No. So.
0: That actually, I think, would be a really good way to employ that. Right now, I think the Justice League is just kind of another... It's... It's really weird because you we're reading all the other books, so we know the other the heroes are off doing other things and they do kind of reference it, but it the story it's still not time right. Not enough, no. So, it, it's
1: it's convoluted. Like that's and I've used that word a lot tonight, but it's it is what it is. Like you can't you can't have Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz fighting fighting this weird world eating alien thing with the Justice League and at the same time fighting each other underneath the earth because they're trying to break down the hell tower or whatever yeah
0: which is also another big world ending catastrophe um and then you got superman blowing shit up on the moon and batman's actually in in like a bigger as far as powers go story with gotham girl and And, all that kind of stuff so i'm gonna
1: tell you something else too the only thing that bothered me about aquaman number six is when he was talking to soups yeah
0: because you know in like the other book they're fighting and friends and stuff
1: well he didn't like, there was no reference to that Superman not being the same Superman that was there during the New 52. Yeah. Like, he's all like, I thought we were friends. In reality, those two don't know each other. The continuity is a
0: little messed up for these books. Yeah. that's, um,
1: that's And that's always been a DC thing. They've always had a hard time really getting their hands around the continuity. Marvel's just bad these days, especially when Wolverine was still alive. Like, because they had to put Wolverine in every fucking book, and there's no possible way you could <laughs> do everything. Yeah. But... I I would like to see a little bit more coordination of continuity because
0: that threw me a little bit too like when I especially because I read them in such close proximity like I read Aquaman and then 20 minutes later I'm reading Justice League and you see them in completely different circumstances and completely different relationships which is a little bit throwing so yeah anyway that that's our feeling on the Justice League I don't want to even go through the story unless you really want to dive into any particular no, thing I don't
1: think we have to and yeah. here's the thing I'm going to say this Rebirth for me has been a win in general yeah but I am going to say when it comes to Justice League, I read all 52 issues of the Justice League from the New 52 and I don't know how much longer I'm going to keep reading Justice League. It de- it depends on how this storyline ends and if there's any m- spark of hope for the next the next story arc that, that See, happens
0: justice league is one of those books that i will give a little bit more of a shot than like say the next title we're going to talk about um justice league <laughs> is one of the ones that i will kind of go through um you know I'll, I'll read you know the first say dozen issues or something like that and if i really don't like it after that then i'm probably going to stop but I'll, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt a little bit and hope that this is just a lukewarm story but yeah whatever yeah that's so, what i hope to yeah i you know how did I feel about Nightwing? I'm sure it's a complete you know uh, mystery to the listener at this point, but Nightwing is one of the books that uh, is on the chopping block for me. Like I, I still don't particularly care about Nightwing at all.
1: It's hard to care about Nightwing with this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they brought in the Parliament of Owls, I was like, okay, they're already trying to make this bigger than it needs to be. Number one, the Court of Owls was awesome. Yeah. when it when it was in the Batman books. Like that was an amazing fucking storyline. But now they're trying to create this Parliament of Owls, which is a worldwide organization which is all of a sudden got their claws in everything, including Dick Grayson trying to manipulate him and whatnot. And I just don't care.
0: No, I don't. And plus this feels a little bit like a me too story. Like um Nightwing already has enough of a stigma and an issue, you know, d- differentiating itself as a title from Batman so having that be like a me too story like this, it, it makes it even harder. But yeah, it just in general, I just, this book isn't really all that interesting to me. I
1: enjoyed the Nightwing book, uh, that Kyle Higgins wrote for the new 52. I'm not really sure why they pulled him off and why they went with the whole Grayson storyline following the, the, uh, the villains story arc that they did kind of three quarters of the way into the new 52, but I can't remember the name of right off the bat, but yeah, forever evil, I think is what it was. Um Kyle Higgins was amazing um on Nightwing. Um I liked what he did with the costume because they kinda revamped the costume and made it the black and red, and then all of a sudden we do the rebirth and we're back to the black and blue. Not that I hate the costume, and like the, the costume's not really even that important in, in the terms of things, but
0: the costume's fine. I mean I just the book in general, like, the storyline to me so far has been pretty meh, um, and, and it th- there's nothing really that stands out to me that, like, I, I really have to keep reading, so.
1: Well, and the Parliament of Owls supposedly being this huge thing, like, we're four issues into the book, and they're pretty much defeated. Yeah. Like, and then we've got the Raptor character, who was a double agent He's again. like a triple agent. He's know? like a triple agent now, uh, working for cobra are we watching gi joe
0: i don't know that that was actually the one small bit of interesting part for me but i it's not it's not necessarily enough to save the book for me i might give this one a couple more issues but i don't really know
1: yeah i'm giving it till issue six or seven and then if it's not maybe let
0: it wrap up its first storyline too just whereas with the justice league because of the size of that title i'm willing to keep going um this one i i don't know or, or, you know, maybe I'll pick it up again when somebody's like,
1: oh, it just got really good. Well, and how many different fucking Nightwing books or Bat family books are we going to have to read where, like, Batman and one of his former wards are at odds with one another?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Because it's already going on, like, times three. And yeah. yeah. so Yeah.
1: One thing that we don't have in the notes at all, and I'm going to mention real quick before we get to the next book, is we're getting... T- Teen Titans number one coming up pretty soon and that really looks like it's going to be a Damien-centric book which is pretty awesome because yeah. he's been pretty non-existent so far since Rebirth. Except for to be the better jokes
0: or make jokes in the Nightwing book which is funny in, in itself that they're using Damien for comic relief because uh, that's so the antithesis he's an of the character. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, that they're using him for comic relief in Nightwing I think is actually one of the redeeming qualities for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm excited about a, a damien centric Teen Titans book. Yeah, so, so am I. Um, it's, it's I'm sure we're going to talk about in October, that in the show, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: All right, let's talk about the next book. That's Cyborg Rebirth.
1: Uh, yeah, this actually was kind of interesting. Like I liked it better than the Blue Beetle Rebirth book that we read last week.
0: Yeah, I'm a little bit more familiar with Cyborg as Cyborg as a character, and I thought this did a decent job of
1: um, giving his you know sort of backstory. We've we've seen the cyborg origin before, I think, enough times that we didn't have to have that. But what we got in this one was kind of his dad's origin as well. And yep. that we didn't have before.
0: There was there was some backstory in here that I did not Ever, you know, maybe it's been told, but I just didn't know about it. At least that when I read that, that's the way I felt. Like, oh, I did. I did not know that. That's a good, you know, good good news here. Um, and that's sort of like uh, Silas marries his mom. His mom has cancer, and we get a plausible reason, I think, for how Cyborg comes about as a thing.
1: How Victor felt growing up, because he always felt like his dad was more interested in his work than anything he was doing, and it wasn't so much that he was interested in his work; it was that he was trying to save his wife from dying. Yeah, which. It, we it haven't gives, had that before. It, it humanizes Silas a little bit. Yeah,
0: it makes him a, quite a bit more sympathetic. Um, and then we get this sort of weird ending where um, it's Silas talking about Cyborg after um, you know he's essentially created Cyborg, saying. Uh,
1: I don't know what I did. I don't like, know if I saved my son or created something new. Yeah. Kind of a thing.
0: Did did I did I really save my son or do I have like some sort of weird AI thing? You know, essentially like whatever I'm saving the code in this. That was another thing. Like Cyborg essentially found the his source code uh, um, locked away in a room. And uh, that, that's how he finds out about all this. And so he kind of hides that from Silas in the end, which that that to me was interesting. So Cyborg Rebirth, I thought, open strong. He's that
1: kind of an existential impasse
0: with himself now. Yeah, like so. cuz that's always been I think a theme with Cyborg is like he doesn't know if he's monster machine, you know, whatever. Um and they, you know, it, it specifically says Cy, uh, Silas says something like I don't know if I've created you know uh, um I've saved my son or created Frankenstein's monster sort of thing. Yeah. Um and so that's always something that Cyborg has wrestled with. So I, um if nothing else they've created some angst for Cyborg for the next
1: few issues. I liked the uh the name of the antagonist in this issue. Which was a, a cybernetic nanotech uh, yeah. being called malware. Yeah, I
0: was like, "Oh, malware bites." And solved. Yeah, done. Boom. Yeah, they didn't have Windows Defender turned on. That's a problem.
1: Um, also, the end of this book was a little bit weird because there was a, another Victor-looking dude. I thought that looked like Silas. Kind of did look like Silas, but yeah, that was weird. Definitely yeah. weird. Don't know who that was uh, yet. I'm N- sure we'll figure no it out. No clue. Yeah. Um. So yeah, cyborg rebirth. Um, I definitely will read cyborg uh, number one because I want to check it out for what, sure. See where the story goes. Um, this is the last time we're going to see a cyborg though in this particular conversation because we're going to move on to Supergirl number one now.
0: Yeah, so Supergirl number one kind of blew
1: the lead, didn't I? Yeah, he did. Um, it's wrecked now. <laughs> Nobody knows what's going on.
0: No. uh, So Supergirl number one actually was, I think, pretty good. Um, It's kind of talking about how Kara's adjusting on Earth, given that um, we're basically primitive little subhumans, uh, you know, or not subhumans, but like,
1: yeah, I literally have two notes for this book because it was one of those that was not bad, mm -hmm. but I didn't think it was particularly great either. Um, My first note is, really, we're still going with S stands for hope. (laughs) <laughs> like that's still happening right now.
0: I, I'm glad. I'm glad that you talked about that too. Like, they, somebody in DC must really like that idea because they're sticking with it.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It's one of the weirder retcons. I think this book. This book was kind of like uh, Agent Cody Banks to me. Like, if you could bring a Disney t- uh, show where a, a teenager is uh, a high schooler, but also a secret agent.
0: Yeah, and then you just add in the fact that she's just like, well, you're all such primitive children that I don't even know how to use your wacky technology. That part makes sense, because she's like, well, we don't have overhead projectors on Krypton. Like, <laughs> I do like that, because you know, the funny thing is we don't even have over- overhead projectors today anymore. Like, uh, They don't use those in my kid's school, I think, pretty much at all. I bet they do, but I bet they hook directly after the computer.
2: Probably, something <laughs> something along those lines. We,
0: we just call those projectors now, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, they have projectors of some sort but I'm just saying the thing where you have that clear film like I don't think they use that really.
1: Yeah. No, I wouldn't know how to use one either.
0: No. <laughs> Actually that's that's the funniest part about this is the, like they p- picked the worst technology to get all confused about because it is literally like you turn the thing on and you put the sheet on it and yeah. that's it. Yeah. Oh, it's backwards? Oh, you flip it over. It's solved. You yeah. know like she didn't know how to do that. Yeah. No, oh, okay. I like I, I like that scene too the other kids are like, "Well, she seems kind of
1: retarded, but actually, maybe she's just a genius. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there wasn't really much going on to this. She saved a train full of people, including Cat Grant, and then got her ass ripped because
0: nobody said she could save the train full of people. And of course, Cat Grant was just actually like her show counterpart, where she was like, "I totally had that situation under control." The masked men with the
1: guns pointed at me were under my thumb the entire time. Yeah. Yeah, it's Cat Grant. Like they're playing her to be a little bit more like. Uh, close to flock art than i'd prefer for a comic book but that's fine i mean it is what it is
0: I, d- I definitely thought that they're um one of the things that i think with the dc properties is that where there's a show counterpart uh rather than trying to be something entirely different i do think they're trying to pick parts of it that they like and use those things um just like with green arrow like green arrow is really good right now and i think that part of that is because of the show because they're looking at the way the show has gone and going basically the polar opposite direction
2: yeah
1: they're not doing that so much with Supergirl. They're kind of pulling from from the show a little bit, which I mean, yeah. here's the thing: the show got considerably better over the course of one season, so I can understand even a little super, bit. Even
0: Superman, like they're they're picking and choosing some of the better the the parts they like at least, like yeah. the whole S is Hope thing, like that's definitely something they're picking from the movie and deciding they're going to roll with. Oh yeah, um, there's been similar in pretty much all of their you know crossover titles like that. So
1: yeah, so um, but we do get. At the end, when she goes to the fortress, there's somebody in the fortress that's not Clark, and it is, in fact, Cyborg Superman.
0: Yeah, that was weird.
1: Um, yeah, a little weird, but I'm kind of excited because um, this is—they've been alluding to this since the Rebirth started, which is the the reign of the Superman kind of yep. part two, if you will. Um, because this is, I think, reign of the Cyborg Superman is mm-hmm. where this is leading. So, um gonna want to stick around and find out what, what happens there so
0: yeah I like this issue overall
1: um the end of it really really brought it back for me that's mm-hmm. I wasn't really as into it up until
0: it I mean it was just a number one for me like yeah it, it was not like most of the number one so far haven't been blowaways like they're just a sort of reintroduction to the character a little bit yeah. or like maybe expanding on the reintroduction that they didn't in, in the rebirth titles but it, it wasn't a blowaway issue for me for sure but it, I, I still want to read it so whatever yeah So this next issue, though,
2: this was was actually a solid tie up. I think I really liked it. Yeah.
1: Well, we're talking about Superman number six. Yep. We are. Um, last issue, Clark basically pulled everybody, um, important off of Earth when he was fighting with uh, the Eradicator, took him to the Bat base on the moon. Yep. Um, that he knew was there, but Batman didn't know that he knew was there. Yeah, that was funny. So, uh pretty cool like uh people on earth start detecting moonquakes. quakes mm-hmm. um superman basically uh pulled all of the souls of that were lost uh from krypton out of the eradicator and took them into himself to give him the strength to beat the eradicator there was one left yeah um, didn't know who that was until until a little while uh later but superman basically kind of released the souls out into nothing and let them go their own way um and then when he had to rescue the last soul it ended up being crypto yeah. i thought that was really funny like there's a whole legion of
0: kryptonian souls in there who do i save should i pick the smartest scientist or you know the best warrior nope the dog yeah <laughs> well, well i'm not saying i would do anything different like here's it,
1: a here's the thing though the eradicator when he absorbed the souls like they were already dead for the most part yeah so is Crypto a ghost or was Crypto alive when he was absorbed? Because Clark was alive too.
0: Yeah, I have no idea.
1: So I don't know. Maybe I put too much thought into that for a Superman
0: comic. I just thought all but, the souls, all the souls, they get have saved. He's like, no, I want the dog. I want the dog. The dog's yeah. mine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. I'll take the dog. John, John needs a dog. Yeah, It's fine um that that part was a little funny to me yeah uh, but i also th- thought this is a good sig- signal of like what rebirth is going to be because they're bringing back crypto <laughs> like i didn't think i'd see the day where we brought back crypto because it is sort of one of the campier parts of superman's uh a story um so th- it, it does take a little bit of balls i think to bring him back in today's modern age yeah
1: i always like crypto though
0: I and polar kind of cool. opposite of Man of Steel and, and that kind of thing, because there's no fucking way we're going to see a crypto in the Man of Steel universe. I mean,
1: that's really too bad, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. um, And then I, I love the last couple pages of this book, because uh, essentially like Jonathan's kind of having a hard time. He's like, so I basically don't get to be cool at all, even though I have these powers, because you're yeah. making me kind of wait. And Superman's like, well maybe yeah. let's yeah. let's go on a little trip but he takes him to the watchtower yeah i like that uh well actually i think he takes
0: him to the moon base because batman's being all like b- b- they're you know, they're, they're on the watchtower mad.
1: above oh okay yeah you're right they're they're monitoring things and so like batman's like i can pay for the damage and like superman's like nope we're here to fix things and like they're like we and he's like oh yeah meet Superboy.
0: yeah that was a solid panel, too, which um, actually made sense because when I read the cover, like, I was surprised because I thought at any point, like, Superboy John was going to jump in there, um, but he never really did, so uh, when we finally got to the last panel, um, that made the cover make sense to me, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This right. was a good book. I like... I, I'm going to keep reading Superman, as weird yeah. as that is for me to say. Yeah,
0: I I... And as opposite as it is from the new 52 i really think superman's one of the stronger titles in the new 50 or in in rebirth
1: yeah for sure
0: all right so let's finish it up with uh the walking dead 158 we're moving from dc to image now um you know with our only image title i
1: think that we read regularly well we read saga oh too, saga but yeah it, they just don't
0: they only release one of those a month you know
1: or one every couple of months because it's been a while yeah we read one last week and then that was the first one
0: and, and probably the whole summer, I think a long time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the walking dead number one fifty eight. uh, take us through it a little bit.
1: Uh, this was a cool book. So, um, we talked a little bit the last time about the 16, uh, panel page format that they went with. Yep. Um, in one fifty seven, they kept with that in this book. And I think it actually, um, helped tell the story too, because there's a lot of stuff going on lately. Yeah. Um, this book, not so heavy on the dialogue, but no, visually really. speaking, like the 16 panels helped. uh, we have The Whisperers.
0: I think 16 panels is a good way to do uh, action, like heavily action-oriented books. I think that's probably the, the a good way to do those types of uh, titles. Yeah. So th- this book is definitely, like we're basically opening into, um, this is The Whisperer War Part 2. Yeah. And this is really kind of where the action jumps in. So we, we get contact with The
1: Whisperers. And we- our first bit of contact, we have Gabriel, Father Gabriel, like dying. Like yeah. he falls off the tower, gets his leg hooked and broken on the ladder, and then the whisperers are there with the herd, and they're like, "Oh,
0: yeah, I'll help you." And, and got you, yeah. So they basically disembowel him and let him get eaten by zombies. Yeah, um, walkers. Rather, we got to remember what universe I'm in here. Um, and uh, and then, yeah.
1: then we have uh, we still have some uh, emissaries from uh, what's the name of their town? I can't fucking remember anymore.
0: Sanctuary Kingdom. Uh, Rickstown, Rickstown. Oh, um, Alexandria, Alexandria.
1: Yeah, so we've got the Alexandrians actually out sending emissaries out to other uh, neighborhoods for help and whatnot. Saviors, kind of being dickholes. Yeah, kind of. Not only do they refuse any help, but they take the dude's horse. Yep. And we'll find out where that goes later. We didn't really, we didn't really uh, expand on that in this issue, but uh, we also have Dwight and Negan having to work side by side, which is not the first thing on Dwight's bucket list at all. No.
0: And it, whatever events conspired so that those two would work together is, is kind of stupid. Cause you know, like in the real world, you'd say like, I want that guy as far away from that guy as I can get him.
1: And instead on the walking dead, Rick's like, um, for no reason, you two <laughs> go, you two go. Uh, well, I mean, he had reason for Negan because Negan was like, so if I do this, then I get my own little private Island or whatever. And yeah, why not? Um, yeah, this is... Uh, for storytelling, though, this actually worked really well, because they actually encounter the herd and are having to fight the herd. Negan has no weapon, because Dwight's just like, nope, I don't trust you. Yeah. um, And so he has to kind of scavenge one on his own from a, a dead Alexandrian. Then- yeah, I
0: actually like this dialogue, because uh, Negan is like you should give me a weapon and and dwight's like i don't trust you you're not going to shoot me in the face if i give you a weapon he's like well if you give me a weapon right now we can solve that problem a lot faster <laughs> like, yeah you can you'd know if just you had give to me trust weapon me and it. i won't turn it on you That's, yeah it's that easy he's like if, you, if yeah if you just give it to me then we'll know if i'm going to shoot you in the face or not immediately um so yeah of course dwight doesn't and, and negan has to go find
1: his own gun um but uh yeah so we have the herd kind of overwhelming uh, Dwight's crew. Negan does get a gun and starts uh, helping out. We got Michonne and Jesus hanging out in the back too that aren't really moving yet until they realize that Dwight's team is getting boxed in and they're about to... Yeah. So they ride in to kind of kind of do some stuff. We don't really find out how much of a role they play in this yet mm-hmm. um, because where we end the book is Dwight getting uh, overtaken by Beta. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Negan, uh, bringing subtlety back. He,
0: he, Negan is a subtle <laughs> creature. If if ever there were a good description for him, it'd be su- it would be subtle.
1: Yes. Like, like he, he knocks the shit out of beta, knocks him on the ground, and then basically tells him, get off the ground so that I can put you in the ground because it'll be in a coffin because I'm going to fucking kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Best dialogue ever. Like, Negan... Uh, Negan doesn't know alliteration.
0: Negan's just, like, got to be one of the best characters to write because he he just consistently says funny, amazing shit. He's like like Drax. He can't use metaphor. (laughs) Like... (laughs) I don't know if you're at least in this issue. Yeah, you're entirely spot on. I have a feeling that that's not entirely true. Like if you go back, I think Negan's actually sort of gifted with metaphor and stuff like that. But in this particular book, he's just like, yeah, exactly like that, like Drax, except for if 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 uh, Guardians was rated R. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So, anyway, uh, I, you know, Father Gabriel died. That's a pretty big deal.
1: That yeah it was,
0: and and he went he went hard too. I didn't uh, yeah. Uh this this book I I guess uh good that death
1: Scene is actually one of the one of the reasons why I like the sixteen panel page because it showed step by step him basically falling down the ladder and yeah and everything else. So
0: Well like I said, I think sixteen panel is a really good format for action heavy books. Yeah. And this definitely right now seems to be an action heavy book. So um it wouldn't surprise me. The next issue, if we got another sixteen panel, that I think that'd be probably welcome.
1: I would not be surprised if the entire Whisperer War was sixteen panel format.
0: Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's the show for this week. Um, we would love it if you would go on iTunes, find us, and give us a rating. Um, ratings will really help boost us in the rankings and whatever, uh, and that would be super great. Um, you can also
1: find us on Twitter. At whatever show, especially these days if you like wrestling, because I, I'm having a lot of fun doing the live tweeting during the pay-per-views and stuff, and I think Eddie is too to some extent even though he he wasn't here this last weekend yeah
0: i can't watch it regularly but i
1: am actually like it was not a chore to watch it today so the pay-per-views fun. the pay-per-views will definitely be be working on um
0: yeah like i was telling casey if nothing else i can sit around and drink and do nothing um yeah. which is which is fun i like that yeah, yeah. um it's, one,
1: it's the one part of the week that i really excel at doing the work yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i have a gift if anybody needs a uh, professional
0: drunken wrestling commentators uh i can do it yeah Facebook.com slash you show. If you're into the whole Facebook thing, you can like our page and uh, share us and all that kind of stuff. That's really cool too. And then finally, if you want to contact us more directly, you can email us questions at C O.
1: That's correct.
0: Yeah. All right, everybody. We will see you next week.
1: Later.